0: What's up, Benchwarmers? Welcome into episode 36 of The Far End of the Bench with myself, Jimmy Pilato, and my co-host, Nico Bryant, who you'll hear from in just a second for the Center of Attention this week. But before we get to that, i got to remind you, be sure to follow us at F-E-O-T-B Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We post all of our stuff out there. It's the best way to get in contact with us if you wanted to reach out, have a little bit of a conversation, a little bit, bit of a debate with us. So be sure to follow there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench. And also subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platforms. Leave a five-star rating and whatever review you want to leave. We will start reading those on the podcast once we get a few more of those in. Um, And other than that, we got some great content coming out for you this week. YouTube, we're going to have the Men's Rec League postseason highlights on Saturday night. And we'll obviously have the clips throughout the week. So just be sure to follow us on our social medias. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. We're about to get started with this center of attention. Nico's got some fire that he's going to bring. But hey, I mean, I only lost three balls. I'm pretty proud of myself for only losing three balls in my second golf outing hey, of all time. Hey
1: man, you know what? We we played most of the balls off of some other balls that were left there. Uh, but you played well. You you had a you had a ball hit the fairway on the green.
0: It I was it, money. A ball. That's the one. A ball hit the fairway. My bus, my line. A couple beautiful girls tell me break down, run and fire by the
1: one... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, man We got a first center of attention for myself in a long time So uh, I thought I can't come in firing a little bit Because you know what? It's a little disrespectful The uh, amount of uh, respect that colorado sports kids like whether it be football whether it be basketball hockey baseball obviously we don't have to talk about that but the amount of great prospects from this state of colorado people always give us crap about the yes altitude so the pitchers are terrible here or the hitters are get play at altitude or um that that the football talent isn't the best or hell even the basketball talent is the best i'll tell you right now things are changing Look, whether it be going back to Christian McCaffrey and um, his, his Stanford days, him playing at Valor to now being a professional athlete in the NFL. Go back to three players that that played in the national championship game for the NCAA women's team were from the state of Colorado. Um, there was, there was at least I think I believe there's two golfers that played this weekend in the Masters from the state of Colorado. Things are starting to look up for this state. You got to start watching out because we're no longer a state that people can roll over. We are being put on the map by such great athletes. It's about damn time. So without further ado, let's get into the rest of the episode. It's a banger. Got a lot of great stuff to talk about.
0: Bench warmers. I love that we get to start off by talking about Colorado sports, because this is something it was something I had to battle a lot with the international camps and the just the USA football camps, because mainly when you go to those things and when you travel, by the way, far into the bench presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Episode 36, Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. If you haven't tuned in before, we are the reigning podcast of the year on the Unhinged Sports Network. But I don't know if you experienced this when you went to college. Telling people that you're from Colorado, the first question is? Do you ride your horse to school? That's one of them.
1: What? I, I, I no, I've know got... I, got I, didn't a, get, I didn't get that one. I got that one, and then how much weed do you smoke? Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, was always, one. Uh, that was always... That was the top
0: two. So do you guys... Does everybody smoke weed in Colorado? No. Do you all live in the mountains? No. No. <laughs> but now it's... Uh, I mean, you mentioned McCaffrey. That's kind of like the gold standard. That whole family really... Just the the fact that they've all been major Division One college, and Max had a cup of coffee in the NFL. It, obviously Ed, but uh, you got McCaffrey, you got Ryan Jensen, who played his college in Colorado. You missed Eckler. I thought that you Miss were gonna Echler, bring yeah. Eckler because he's homegrown from Eaton, you can which throw, is a tiny little town on the Eastern Plains. You can
1: throw Chauncey Bell into mm-hmm. that into that conversation. Philip Lindsay, Philip Phil, Lindsay. Phil,
0: Lindsay from Denver South. Uh, he's probably 15 minutes. He probably grew up 15 minutes away from where we're sitting right yeah. now. So, I mean, it's definitely growing. And I think it was always there. It's just Colorado didn't get a ton of attention until recently with everybody moving in here and all those, the
1: Californians and everybody moving to yeah, the state. But you guys, yeah.
0: you guys uh, are, are overflowing us pretty good, but I mean, it's definitely always been that way. There's Dalton Reisner was, was from Wiggins, Colorado, which is a small town. And that's the crazy thing too is that the metro area, we think that the metro area is a lot of the state. Metro area takes up like none of Colorado. Yeah, it's, it's only all a very small percentage. You know. Even just driving to Gunnison, we saw parts. I'm sure that you've never even heard of most of those towns. And when you drive to Grand Junction, you drive through parachute Colorado. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it,
1: this this state far and wide has so many Different aspects to it. There's a reason why, um, like it's it's fantastic what we've seen from all these great athletes. Like like you said, I think it's, I think you could start it with it probably started with Chauncey way back when, mm. but there was definitely a bu- buffer period, and then I think Christian put us on the map, especially for football wise. Yeah,
0: um, and I think now we're starting to get a lot of the former Broncos, because the Broncos players that were here, a lot of them ended up moving back here and wanted to look, raise their family in Colorado, so that's where we're starting to see the second generation professional athletes that are growing up from Colorado because that's the other thing like Ed McCaffrey isn't a native to Colorado. Mm-hmm. They ended up moving here for the Broncos and it stayed because they loved it so they raised same their family with, here. Same with
1: Peyton. Peyton's, mm-hmm. uh, Peyton has a house here. He shows up to Nuggets and Avs games that even every once in a while. Yeah, yeah he's, he, a big, he's a big
0: Denver sports fan. Yeah, he,
1: he chills around here and, and has his kids going to school down here. There's a reason why people stay here and, and, and don't leave.
0: Yeah, now we just need to have some of these avalanche players keep sticking around so we can <laughs> start producing some hockey talent because true, uh, true. that is lacking and it makes no sense because we got tons the snow and ice everywhere in Colorado, um, but yeah, I mean that's the. I think I I like that center of attention a lot just based on my background and uh really, it's good now because the we talk we'll talk about it plenty. But the Nuggets and Avalanche are making people take notice of Colorado sports because there's a few podcasts that I saw today. Who's the dark horse in in the Western Conference? And now everybody's first guess is the Nuggets. Nuggets, yeah. <clears throat> so the professional sports are starting to come around, but I mean. Colorado sports in general, all the way through, are, are good, and they can compete with anybody else in the state. Yeah, I think we can now. I think we
1: can now solidify the state as as possibly a top at least ten of of sports uh, to to produce the best athletes. Obviously, Texas, Florida, California are the big ones. We're not going to get there anytime soon, but no. I think but we
0: can also like we competed with Florida teams and Texas mm-hmm. teams and.
1: Um, so, so yeah, I think I think we're on the right track for top right. ten. We may never get to that top echelon, but we're definitely we're definitely right there.
0: No, I think by the time Colorado gets to the place of the athlete history, like Florida and um, Texas and all those, we'll be playing robot sports. It's not <laughs> going to be true, yeah. humans anymore. It'll be like the the cyborgs, the Terminators. So go. basically,
1: what baseball is right now. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so bas- much. basically, we already got one sport that direction. Well,
0: you know. Uh, well, speaking of speaking of technology, let's talk about our golfing experience. But I wanted to—that's a good segue because the guy that we were playing with had the decked-out automatic carrying. Yeah, the
1: automatic carry-on. He had the uh, spotter to see how far the pin was. Yeah, I, he, he I, had the whole. I missed apartment. the
0: spotter at first. Yeah, he also had the nice little back wheels on his um, on his bag, so that when he went up a hill. It wasn't gonna fall, fall off. Over,
1: but. Yeah. Oh, the dude is all decked out. And then there's us over there, you and your bright pink shorts, and me wearing my William Murray, yes, Bill Murray golf line shirt. And we were. I mean, I I had I had a decent day. I wasn't terrible, but like it was just a rough
0: day out there. Honestly, for me, that was a decent day too. Plus twenty eight is a very decent day for me. I That's think I. Fair. Doubled my score from the last time.
1: I know, and and uh, although some of the balls were like, you know, what, just play this one because we lost some of your your <laughs> well, golf balls out we there. Didn't have to mention that. But yeah, we didn't have to mention that, but yeah, you we we. I mean, I hit like I think I hit the green on four out of the nine I think holes, which yeah. is which is actually my my putting was ferocious. I hit the green
0: on one too. That one that I rolled, yes, I ended yes, up that's the green. yeah, that's true. Yeah, didn't get the off the ground at all. Day. Yeah, that was
1: the one shot also that we didn't record on hole eight.
0: Well, no, but that, that's also, <laughs> yeah. That's the. The one if you watch the video thank you for watching the video that was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun putting together because there was some there were some things that didn't make the cut just because they were so bad
1: yeah there's there's some points where we were in between takes and either my i missed the i missed the teeth completely and i chopped the hell out of the grass and had to patch it up or that your, one got
0: on the video for me yeah, when i did and, that
1: and your shot that just uh, my favorite shot of yours was by far the one that i got on our instagram no, Instagram. the one into the where into where the I follow the ball directly into the water. It mm.
0: dunked, and then you just come back, shake your head. <laughs> yeah, I think that one was a good. That was one of my favorite shots. And another one that we didn't get on camera. I don't think I hit it, and it was one of the elevated tees, so it ended up being in the mm-hmm. air on the drive. But we didn't know where it went because I wasn't. I'm. I i do not know how to follow my ball, anyways. And I think it bounced off one of the trees across the creek, and maybe bounced into the creek. That's one of the holes yeah, where we you found heard the another clunk. ball. I remember hearing yeah. the clunk too. Oh, I, they were going fast. They just weren't going straight or in <laughs> or the air at all.
1: In, in the right direction that well, we were supposed yeah. to hit them. Yeah.
0: I was. Uh, I mean, I played baseball. I'm going to continue to use that as my excuse. And in baseball, you're taught to hit the ball inside out. So that's why everything I do slices, and that's why I, I have a hard time crowding. I thought I was gonna hit somebody on that one hole where oh
1: we the guy in front of us hit somebody They did almost or like the ball was very very close yeah. to him he had to yell four it was I, was I told you I was like damn at least we haven't had to say that yet so no far. we
0: we didn't and I well I probably should have because the one where the one that we're talking about you walk I think you walk up on the it was the eighteen or something mm-hmm. for the big course and you walk up basically right in the same line as we're driving out and then the street is right to the left. And I ended up hooking that one purposely because I'm like, I really can't hit somebody today. Yeah. If I, if I end up hitting it into the street, that's a lot more respectable than actually hitting a person. It's true. So it was a lot of fun. And, and I think we'll, we're, we want to continue to do that. Oh, we're
1: going to do that every single year. Now I'm going to make you get out there every, every single that's, master's
0: week. That's fine. We're going to hey, get some more people out yeah, there too. Let's yeah. get some buddies so that we can go a little bit more extra for the camera. Cause. Like we were talking about it when we were putting the video together. that initial intro we we're kind of whispering it parts because the guy, our other partner guy was, was taking off yeah, and I was in like, like in I the really middle of his t- backswing. yeah so. I didn't want
1: to talk during his backswing but yeah, it was a lot of fun, man look it's it was like I'm back in the game that golf itch. I told, I told I was telling you um, after we finished. I was like, "Yeah, I'm very much like my dad. When I get when I get into something, I go full blast. Like I, I pause on that, but I, I I get full knee deep into it, and I I want it more. Unfortunately, it's supposed to snow this week, so yeah. I won't be able to golf again this week. But I'm definitely going to be getting a lot more golfing this summer.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be a good summer for for golfing, and then that's a good. I don't like the guy, but I was listening. I scrolled past Johnny Manziel and his podcast, and he was talking about he uses golf as a way to travel because mm-hmm. there's great golf courses all over the place. I oh, know, ev- you coming from Arizona? That's that's basically golf course heaven. Yeah, every single state has
1: beautiful golf mm-hmm. courses. Like I remember, we played a golf course my, on my birthday two years ago now. Two years ago now, and we um, the course was just absolutely gorgeous. Like we, if you if you know what a haboob is. So no, it's no, like no. a it's a big gust of wind and like just like dust that all curl up together, but it's not enough for a tornado. So it's a huge just gust of wind, and we were right in the middle of it. And it was playing while we we're playing golf, so our balls were literally my balls usually slice left. They're all going far right because the wind was just taking it off. Is this,
0: I, I, think I, I think I found a video of a hoboob. Is that kind of what it? What,
1: yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah,
0: that would be. Uh, you kind of subscribe to the Caddyshack theory that you can just play on. I don't think the heavy stuff's supposed to come down for another hour. Yeah, right? you just you just play through it. You know, uh, I think the tornado's going to hook away from the course, so I'm we should the, continue to play that way. Exactly.
1: I'm having the best day of golf my in my life. I cannot end it here.
0: No, I can't. I can't walk away. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and then we actually, I think you maybe matched some of the scores that we saw at the Masters. You wouldn't have made the cut. Oh, I would not have. There's no. a couple of big name golfers that also didn't make the cut like Brooks Koepka or you can talk about he was pretty injured going yeah, into he, the tournament he, he so. was wincing in pain all weekend yeah. he was struggling I would say the bigger disappointment that didn't make the cut was probably a Max Hama because he did yeah. he had a decent odds to actually win the tournament or Yeah, he least. was one of the underdogs mm-hmm. people
1: who liked a lot. Um, one of the people that didn't make the cut in the final round was Dustin Johnson yeah. the winner of the masters in november yeah that would cut.
0: that would be awkward because the he was the previous winner and he has to stick around didn't yeah, he, he get to play at all on sunday just had to stand there and watch yeah, he had stand there and watch and then give the green jacket to matsuyama you could tell that he was because he put the jacket on and he's like gone i'm, I'm done gone,
1: yeah i'm going back to my wife uh gretzky's daughter
0: enjoying life <sighs> no oh yeah that is justin thomas i was like wait a second i, I justin got justin Johnson, yeah i got Justin Verlander and Dustin Johnson mixed up. Yeah, Dustin, I, yeah. DJ
1: is Gretzky's daughter yeah. and Justin Verlander. is DJ is, uh, Kate is Paulina
0: Upton. and uh, Justin
1: Verlander is Kate Upton. But yeah, the the tournament though, the Masters tournament in total, man, it was it was a lot of fun. So I mean,
0: obviously the Were big. Were you names, disappointed that there wasn't a very tense competition?
1: Honestly, it was very tense for about five minutes.
0: That's yeah. <laughs> because, that's what I've been hearing. I've, obviously, I didn't watch. Yeah, because any of it. because
1: hole fifteen, so. Matsuyama and Shoffley were the, were the final pairing, and they get to hole 15, and Matsuyama tries to drive the green on, um, on a par 5, and he dunks in the water on the back end. And this is the exact opening Shoffley needed. He birdies that hole. He's only two shots back, and I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be interesting. And then on 16, which is one of the toughest par 3s of the whole course, along with 12 and an A
0: corner. Yeah. 12 he, is the one that Tiger got stuck on. Tiger got stuck on, yep. Far, right? But 16,
1: comes up to 16, and first shot, dunks into the water. And I'm like, well, maybe he can salvage this a little bit, try to get a par, or try to get at least a single bogey to make it a little bit interesting. And then the, then he, his drop shot after that goes to the Patriots. So at that point, it was like, yep, that's 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 all she wrote. Like like yeah. it, it was interesting for five minutes. Everyone thought, okay, if, if Shoffley can – get this, this this ball on the green, possibly birdie or par this hole, maybe Matsuyama struggles here and then gets into par five on 17, then they can maybe have a chance there. But, no, it's, it was just too little too late.
0: No, and it, I think it was that five minutes is a good thing for, like, casual golf fans to understand how quickly things change. Going yeah. into that hole before Matsuyama he bogeyed or double bogeyed.
1: Well, Shoffley double bogeyed that, and then, no, I mean when Matsuyama oh.
0: he going into it he had like a five stroke lead, mm-hmm. and then coming out of of that his really bad hole he went from five to two in in the matter of like five minutes. Yeah,
1: it was it was a because at at that point he was at thirteen under and Shoffley was at nine under or it might have been twelve and eight, but um, there was a two shot swing where he birdied or Shoffley birdied and he, luckily Matsuyama was only take away out of that with a bogey and then. Um, then it was a two-shot swing. Yeah. So that at that, that point, then it makes it all more interesting because when it comes to the last three holes, you had a par five, the last hole, and the par four being 18, and weird things happen. Matsuyama birdied hole 18. Only one by one stroke over Zaligris, or mm-hmm. the guy yeah. who looks like uh, Happy Gilmore's uh, caddy. Caddy, yeah. <laughs> caddy from that, Caddy, so... It was, it was made it interesting. Matsuyama only won by one stroke, but I think it was a very successful tournament.
0: Yeah, and getting back to the normal springtime in the Masters was fun. It was cool. I think there was a, a lot of people who watched in the fall, mainly to see what the course looks like in the fall because everybody knows that in the spring there's all the flowers, um, which really the course – for as manicured as it was, the course did not play very well this weekend.
1: It's because the rain also on I believe it was either Friday or Saturday that the greens were just tough. Mm. I mean, the greens were fast. They were they were struggling through some of those courses. But you know what, the Masters expects that. We just got we just got blessed with Dustin Johnson getting that minus twenty in mm. November. That's you'll never see that again, honestly. No, um,
0: maybe it's an easier course in the fall with. Because the weather in the fall was a lot nicer than it normally is. Yeah, when, when you probably ma- you
1: probably will never see a a, a game or around four rounds of golf like that at
0: the Masters ever. Again. No, I hope that we don't because I don't want it to be all thrown off and and I want it's it's nice to have the Masters and March Madness kind of feel like we're getting back to normal. Plus. Now we're able to go to games and mm-hmm. and it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's yeah. not like you were able to go to a Bronco game, but that was a very lucky. You have season tickets for a very long time, so you were a high priority on that list. Now it's really, I think my cousin, because I went to a Rockies game, you went to a Nuggets game last week, and my cousin bought the r- tickets to the Rockies game the Sunday, and we went on we went to the game on Wednesday. So it's not even very difficult to get seats anymore.
1: Yeah, it's 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 cool to see, especially like the roar on 18 when, when the guy wins attorney or like the, what we missed that from November. Like mm-hmm. it, it's cool to see, even though they're have to socially distance and they had to wear masks in the, in the stands and everything. It's still pretty cool to see some people like get that roar of, of when Spieth was coming around 18, mm-hmm. like when those better players are playing well, um, that's, that's always a great part of it.
0: Yeah. The golf, the crowd doesn't, Need to be there, but the crowd is an added bonus because that's the specialty of the Mm -hmm. moment. And and you can getting the live reaction, the visceral reaction is cool. Uh Matsuyama being the first Japanese born champion, I think that might be a little bit under people might not be taking into consideration that as much. Yeah, that's a huge that's a huge deal.
1: Not yeah, not only Masters champion, but first male, not female, because there's there was a female mm -hmm. winner back in 2018 at the PGA Championship. Um, but first male. Japanese, um, born born player to win a major championship. That Mm -hmm. includes the big four in the players. Um, Oh my gosh, I can't think. The U.S. Open and I think it's the British Open is the other one are the top ones, and it's the first time that's ever happened. So I think, and especially do it at the Masters, that's that's a huge accomplishment.
0: Yeah, and one thing that I think as Americans it's difficult to understand because we're all so regionalized. Obviously, I didn't watch the Masters, but Japan is such a small country Mm -hmm. and it's so culturally. Um, similar that everybody was watching Matsuyama in the final round of the Masters. It did not matter where you were from, who you were with, what sports you, what you cared about. If, even if you didn't care about golf, they were just seeing, wanting to see somebody that they identify with win that first male majors championship. In America, it's very difficult other than probably the Olympics. And even then, I would say not everybody watched the USSR USA game back in the 70s even though that was the biggest deal of the time.
1: Yeah, it's it was huge for like one of the things about golf that obviously the Americans are, are pretty good at it, pretty good at golf for years now Australia has has a lot of great golfers, but having having players from different countries like Matsuyama, which now the Olympics will have golf mm-hmm. this summer and he will be going into he'll be going to Olympics as the master's champion. That's huge for the sport. Yeah. Like that That's going to bring more eyes to golf in, in Tokyo, especially when the Olympics comes around.
0: Yeah. Tokyo is about Japan's about to go through a golfing Renaissance after they get their that's first true. major championship. Uh, and we all know what happens. They're very similar to you and your dad. When they set their mind to something, they become very, very, very good, very at, good it. at it. Yeah. And they're very disciplined and they will not stop. That's, the japanese athlete is a, is an interesting one i was lucky enough to play against them and when we were playing in that tournament in china and they're not very big but they were the most disciplined team and we were up by 45 i think and you wouldn't be able to tell they were yeah. still playing like it was 0-0 zero, zero, and they had every single chance that they were going to
1: yeah they, they they i mean it goes back to the uh, matsuyama's caddy on 18 after after he hugged matsuyama for the win the win, and as Matsuyama was walking back, he put the pin back and bowed to the pin, mm-hmm. saying thank you to the course. And I think, I mean, that that's that's one of the best sights you you could ever see in sports. Like yeah. he, he's paying respects to the course and saying I beat you this time, and we we were able to come out on top. And it's it's one of the lasting images we'll definitely see for the next few years, especially for the Masters.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's another thing is that you're playing against the other players in a golfing tournament, but you're really playing the course.
1: You're mostly playing the course. Exactly. Especially
0: at a course like Augusta where everybody knows it's notori- It's the big deal because it's notoriously one of the more difficult courses mm-hmm. to do well at. That's why when Tiger won his first and he was 18 under par, it was a huge deal because nobody is 18 like under par. That. exactly. Nobody, nobody dominates nobody the that. course that way. It, you may dominate the field that way. But when you're dominating the course that badly, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it was a good Masters tournament. I had fun golfing, which uh, I never thought that I would say that. Got sunburned, so we got to bring sunscreen. I know. (laughs) Hey,
1: Maybe that's That's a good thing, though. (laughs) Uh,
0: It could be. I mean, I'll definitely lay a base layer down. And I apologize for everybody who watched the video and had to see all of that pink because I told you, golf requires two things, goofy pants and a fat ass. And I played offensive line. And if you didn't believe me, you watched that video and you were very quickly like, yep, Offensive line. I'm
1: going to take you to a few more, to the to the top golf and then to the driving range a few more times yeah. so we can calibrate that swing a little bit so that we can at least hit it straight.
0: Oh, boy. We would have to, uh, if we were to get my drive down, we would have to play the 18 for no other reason than I would hit over every single green on the par 3 because I wouldn't be able to control it.
1: You wouldn't be able to hit your irons at all, but you can smack the hell out of your driver.
0: Exactly. I'm just going to try and put it as close to the pin as possible and see where it goes from there. Uh, And You saw on the video too, I'm not that great of a putter. Oh,
1: I had a a terrible putting day too. I had at least three or four chances for birdies, and I bricked every single one. I parred at least a couple, but
0: I... Break every single bird. Did you do laps around the hole? I did laps around the hole.
1: Yeah, you were just going back and
0: forth, back and forth, <laughs> and not after. even back in like straight back and forth over to the right. Now back to the left. Take it oh, back now, well,
1: y'all. Yeah, it goes over the bunkers. Yeah. And you're like oh man, I gotta chip this back in. Oh, we'll just crap.
0: pick this one up and call it call an eight. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna pick it up and you're gonna give me two extra strokes. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll be doing more. That'll be a yearly thing. We'll continue to do the yeah, highlight video yeah we'll, we'll do
1: more irl stuff too i'm sure because mm. we'll do we'll probably do something for wimbledon i'll make you play tennis which no, i think
0: we, we we decided pickleball
1: pickleball we'll, we'll do something with pickleball and, and i feel like that may be a little bit easier
0: yeah i know i'll be able we'll to be play a, pickleball i yeah. won't be able to play with you on a tennis court because i know how much cardio and how difficult it I, mean, is I am to not go. the most in
1: cardio person either too so
0: but you I don't – This it's similar. I don't have the technique or the feel for it, so when I get tired, I don't have the technique to rely on. That's fair. That's but I fair. have played pickleball before, and I, I will tell you, I dominated middle school pickleball. Okay. I was the king of the pickleball courts, well, as we'll, they would like yeah, to say. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll get the pickleball out there. Then.
0: That'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly do that. But let's talk about some other sports because you were – you tweeted yesterday you were watching the Masters and the Nuggets game. Um,
1: We're not going to uh, talk about the ending of the Nuggets
0: game because it was very, very unfortunate. I was going to talk about the ending of the Nuggets game because it's something, and I'll give Jokic credit. This reminded me of Jokic, not of this past few years, but of when he first started to emerge as that superstar. And he was paying more attention to trying to get calls from the refs and paying more attention to not getting the calls that he should. I'm not going to say that he shouldn't be getting those calls because he is a superstar in the league. But you can't focus on that more than scoring.
1: The the way I see it is it's getting ridiculous. So Jokic had an off night and still put up a triple double. He had 13, 10, and eleven, I believe. He might have got hoaxed out of one of the rebounds, but the dude still had a good night. And he was a plus nine in the box for a game that we lost by twenty. And so Jokic, let's put it this way: centers of the NBA average at minimum at least seven or eight, like a good center averages at least seven or eight free throws a game. Jokic has had five games this season with zero free throws. Has had another fifteen with five or less. Now, dude, I was seeing pictures. He's getting choked. He's getting. He's getting his hand around his neck. He's his, his arms. He bruises easily. His arms are bright red. Like at at some point, I'm. would be pissed
0: off too. No, I'm not telling you that he doesn't deserve to be pissed off. But he's he knows that he's not in the market where he's going to get those calls. And until. He gets to his due and wins an MVP. I doubt that he's going to get those superstar calls because that's just not the way. The NBA doesn't skew anything towards Denver. The NBA doesn't give a shit whether the Nuggets make it to the finals or not. We know the two teams that they want in the finals. We that's saw true. them play on Saturday. So the NBA is not going to give them any benefit of the doubt. I, I really like the way Michael Malone handled it. There's a lot of people pissed off that Jokic got taken out of the game when he did. And I, I'll tell you, I'll, I, I agree that he is the best player and deserves to be making those calls, especially at the center position. But he was not helping the team at all at that point. So getting him off the floor and maybe trying a different way to win, because in all honesty, in a playoff series, you're not going to be able to rely on Jokic to win you every single game. So it's good to get the guys on experience on the floor without him. And in that situation, the worst thing that could happen is that you start losing by more, and it really wasn't going to get any worse than it was.
1: Like, look, the people that were bitching at Malone about him, his coaching decisions and everything, you got to realize one thing. First of all, we we just want eight straight. Eight straight games, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, part two. We're, that was the first night of a back-to-back. You want Jokic to go out there and play 45 minutes on a first night of a back-to-back and expect him to come, as we're recording this, the day of Monday, to go out there and play another game? That's unheard of. He has played every single game since 2017. The dude has not been injured. He is the most reliable player in the NBA currently because of what he's able to do on the court mm-hmm. and the fact that he's there every single night. The dude doesn't take games off. This ain't Kawhi Leonard. This ain't, this ain't Kyrie Irving Paul or George. Kevin Durant, Paul Paul George. The dude plays every single night. LeBron
0: James, Anthony Davis.
1: The dude plays every single night, and at some point you're gonna have to you're gonna have those games where your bench doesn't have it, and your bench doesn't have it. You you have a game where your best second best player is hurt, where Jamal Murray is now missing his second his second game. I believe it's his third now on Monday. The dude like he's trying to get healthy back. You have a lineup of a bunch of young guys, including. Bol Bol or not Bol Bol? Sorry, MPJ who's still trying to get in his form, but she's been playing very well. You have Monte Morris who's coming off the bench again because they decided to start Faku because Monte expected to be put on the bench because he feel, knows where his role is, and then you have guys like Paul Millsap who's pissed off about moving to the bench because of Aaron Gordon, like it's gonna take time. We just won eight straight. Yeah. Calm down. It's a regular season game, first night of a back to back, and you're telling Jokic, you're telling Mike Malone, well, why isn't Jokic playing 48 minutes? There's a reason why he's not playing
0: 48 minutes. It's also the Celtics, and for as bad like the Celtics just, yeah, wouldn't just, be able to it, compete in the West, but it's still.
1: It just stings more in the media's eye because it was on national TV, because it was on ABA TV. That's the only reason why it, like, people were yuck. pissed about it. It's a middle of the Sunday game. It's the first night of a back-to-back. You were just off an eight-game winning streak. If you, really, if you think that Mike Malone should be fired right now, i am telling you right now, you're a Fairweather fan. Get off the bandwagon. Nuggets don't deserve you. That's Malone yuck. has done a hell of a job getting this team out of the gutter and being where they are and right now we wouldn't be where we are without Mike Malone. That's so get your if you if you're if you're one of the people that says Mike Malone should be fired, do yourself a favor, go be a Brooklyn Nets fan.
0: That's exactly what I was just going about to say. The guys that are complaining about how Michael Malone is coaching were not around when we were the perennial well, we had lose Dur- in the yeah. last regular season game to lose your playoffs. Well, sport. we had
1: Darrell Arthur and Randy Foy and JaVale in his prime. Yeah, that team. People, if you weren't around for them, I know you weren't, Jimmy, because you didn't watch basketball. Please. But I
0: also don't make any excuses for the Nuggets and, and know that they are doing what they need to do to get better. Exactly. So this team is in the
1: right direction, like I said. Just relax. It's just a Sunday game. I'd rather be more focused on the fact that we're seven and one since Aaron Gordon joined the team and that we are seven we are eighteen. We've won eighteen of our last twenty two games.
0: Eight and that's two in the the right last, direction. Eight and two in the last ten. So it's not even like it's similar to what we were you and I were talking uh, on Saturday about the avalanche point streak. And a lot of the times when you get fifteen game point streaks, you're getting a lot of those points for overtime losses. And they were 13-0-2 in those 15 games. The Nuggets are 8-2 in their last 10, 18-2 in their— 18-4, I believe, in the last 22. Yeah, it's it's a good— sh- we're, it's, we're half a game back from the third seed in the West now. The fact that we have people that can complain about this shit— don't understand how bad it can get. That's true. Like you don't understand how good it is right now. Yeah, this, this, is, this is, is as this is as good of a Nuggets team as I can remember. Yeah, this for a long can't, time can't get better than this. That's and true. yeah, and the Avalanche. We'll talk about them a little bit later on today. Let's just say we're putting Fairweather fans on the hot seat this episode because I'm going to talk about Fairweather fans a little bit later on too. Uh, sticking with the NBA, let's stop talking about the Nuggets because we'll both get worked up uh, over the the shitty shitty.
1: Yeah, the, the the shitty situation yeah, with that. Not, um, but great. but the uh, elsewhere. I mean, look that L.A. Brooklyn game on Saturday. That's an eye opener for Brooklyn. Yeah, that's I, a that's an eye opener for Brooklyn. Without AD, without LeBron, I don't know if I'm more worried about Brooklyn now or if I'm more worried about the Lakers coming back. Because I think I might say more about the Lakers coming back because Brooklyn. I, I take Brooklyn's stance a little bit similar to the Buccaneers' stance. Because, look, the Buccaneers were not dominating people throughout the regular season. But when it came to the postseason, they all got their shit together. Mm-hmm. And the Nets, I feel like, are a little bit in the same same direction.
0: Well, this begs my question, by the way. it was They blew out L.A. without LeBron, A.D., or Kuzma. So let's, no, let's throw that out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, not Elmer the, the frumpy the frumpy daughter from Grown Ups. That's yeah, frumpy daughter. We had from a moms, lot yeah. of people really appreciate that. I know good memes. I know good memes. Yeah, <laughs> know good memes you it. know very good NBA memes, and, and NBA Twitter makes no sense to me. But I just sit back and watch. That's all mm-hmm. I do. Uh, for the Nets, do you think that obviously they have everybody that you could want? They assembled the Avengers plus some. Like they assembled the Avengers plus the. Uh, Justice League, just to try and beat this 36-year-old guy that lives out in Los Angeles that's going to be playing with the Toon Squad here coming up in the the summer. Do you think that maybe they need an alpha to step up? Maybe they can't rely on the fact that we are all former MVPs and all-stars?
1: Yeah, this this Nets team, man, look. What I saw Saturday especially was – very little defensive presence. Very
0: little. Yeah, they, LaMarcus they lost Aldridge, 121 to 120. Yeah, 121 to 100. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge,
1: absolutely trash defender. Not good at all. His defense was terrible. Blake Griffin was doing nothing inside presence. Um, Kyrie, who knows what Kyrie does anymore because he's taking off nights for, for specific reasons. I saw a rant from Stephen A. Smith saying, You're getting paid confirmed like you're you're, you're getting paid a certain amount of money for that and you're not even you're taking off nights just because like that that's a, that's a bad point too and then Harden who's everyone's should be MVP takes off nights too and KD I don't even know if KD's hurt or if he's not anymore because I'm not sure I like if I throw a Brooklyn Nets game on I don't know if KD's playing or not Mm-hmm. because like that's at the point where like you know what the nets team has a lot of great talent and they're putting it together at the right time but you know what had what team had a great talent last year that is doing the exact same thing the nets doing right now a los angeles clippers and look what happened so their scrubs they did nothing they were they their stars Got locked up in the postseason. They should have lost round one, and then now Brooklyn is in a situation where what happens if you play a good defensive team like the Heat, where that has Jimmy Butler who can lock down KD or or James Harden. You could throw Avery Bradley out there. You have Igudala, and now you or not Avery Bradley? Excuse me. Um, oh shoot, they just, Trevor Reza, who's a good wing defender now, um, and then also throw in Bam Adebayo at the five. Like, that, that's a defensive team where, like, if they get their offense the right time, they can beat Brooklyn in a seven-game series. You didn't even mention Oladipo. Oladipo, oh, that's the other one I was thinking about. Yeah, Oladipo. I was going to
0: say, you're kind of on your own. You know that you're on your own when you're talking about NBA and you're searching for names because I'm going to be of no help. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, he, I think, are honestly, I, I would not be surprised if Brooklyn gets upset <laughs> because this team right now is the most built team to win a championship. The, the Lakers right now have been banged up. They have good role players, but the only reason thing they got going for them is one of the greatest players of all time and then a great young star in Anthony Davis. But besides that... And Kyle Kuzma. Oh my God, don't yeah. stop with that name. Trash can Kyle Kuzma. But Brooklyn right now, if they don't win a championship, they got to break things up because this
0: team could not last more than two years. No, I think even if they win a championship, we're going to get a totally different roster. How do they fix this? Is it finding some alpha male to step up and hold people accountable? Is it...
1: It's the role players stepping into role players because you each team has their star players.
0: But who's their – so that begs the question, since everybody's an all-star, who's the role player?
1: I think right now it's Kyrie. I, I think Kyrie takes a step back because Harden and KD – KD is your number one option. Yeah. Harden is the number two option. The question is now is – can Kyrie be that Chris Bosh-type flair that steps back? He does um, not have the history of taking that role. Exactly. He does not have the history of taking that role. Or does Blake Griffin have the ability to take that role? Because he's been a starter, a star on every single team he's been on. And does LaMarcus Aldridge, can he do that as well? Because mm-hmm. in all likelihood, yeah, people make the joke there's only one basketball. But there really is only one basketball. Only one guy gets a shot per possession unless you get an offensive rebound.
0: Yeah, and every offense has players that they design most of their plays to run through. And when you're trying to – it seems like right now, and I've watched very limited amount of Nets basketball, it seems like they're trying to appease everybody and get everybody their touches. You're going oh, yeah. to kind of have to – you're going to have to establish, like you said, KD's your number one option, Harden's your number two. They're going to get a majority of the looks, and a majority of the plays are going to be set up to run through, run through them. Then in my very layman's basketball mind, I'm thinking in that situation, you start opening up probably more looks for Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge and maybe Kyrie Irving because you're you're forcing people to only focus on your two main options. That's going to take presence away from other guys who are still very talented. Yeah, we're not saying that the role players, quote-unquote, on the nets shouldn't be getting... If they were on any other team, they would be the star. They would be getting the touches. Mm-hmm. It's just so happens that they're set up this way, and that's the difficult part about assembling a team like this. You got to have the guys that step up into the big roles and guys that are okay with taking a step back down into the smaller, probably more necessary roles.
1: All the great teams in NBA history, you look at the Kobe and Shaq teams, where the Kobe and Shaq teams, those players on the floor with them, Rick Fox, Robert Ory, um, and Derek Fisher. Big shot Bobby. Yeah, big shot Bobby and Derek Fisher. All stepped into their role. Go back to the Bulls team with Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan. Tony Kukoc and Ron Harper, great role players. They knew that they were not if they had to step up in certain situations, like Steve Kerr did for That's, them.
0: I was going to say Steve Kerr as well. You,
1: set, you step up in the right positions, but every single position, if the ball doesn't go through those three guys, then there's a problem. So – and Dennis Robin was one of the people that had to take a step back too because when he joined the Bulls, he was mainly a rebounder. And on certain nights, they expected good things from him because the other stars weren't doing that. Brooklyn right now, they're just trying to overcompensate for their talent. They're saying, let's try to get everyone theirs every
0: single night. That's Yo, not going to happen. They basically designate a possession for every single star that they have as, okay, you get to bring the ball up the floor this time. Okay, you get to bring the ball up the floor this time. Okay, you'll get to take the last shot. And then if somebody – It's obviously not this way, but it very well could be. No, you shot that one on on Kyrie's possession. I had a wide-open look, and I sunk a three. Yeah, but, you know, you shot it on Kyrie's possession, so we're going to have to take a possession away from you to now make up for the fact Kyrie didn't get that shot. That's where it seems like we're headed. It seems very middle school, very elementary school-esque almost, and it's weird to think that this is a team being coached by Steve Nash.
1: Yeah, like Steve Nash is – He's going to have to get those guys going defensively because the se- the, sev- the eight-second or less offense that the Suns were known for when D'Antoni was there with Stephen Ash or the Rockets were known for with Harden and Chris Ball, things are going to have to change. They're going to have to lock in defensively because Brooklyn right now, it, this team is a, is an upset waiting to be happening in the first round or second round. Not first round. I'll take a second or third round.
0: Now let's transition away from the NBA, and let's talk about the other really happy thing that we get to talk about, the NHL, and specifically the Avalanche. As we're recording this, uh, the trade deadline, I think, passed a couple hours ago. Yeah, what a wild trade deadline. We had she a shot. very wild trade deadline. It it was strange because, uh, and I made a little bit of a joke about it on our Twitter, follow us at feotb pod, but the Avalanche Twitter teased, we're going big big fish hunting today. And it turned out that the big fish were two guys that had been here before and Patrick Nemeth's uh, I think they got him from Detroit.
1: Yeah, Nemeth. We got in a deal yesterday, yeah. and then and then, the, and then this morning we got the Soda Man.
0: Soda Burger's back. back.
1: Honestly, you know what? I love the moves. Mm-hmm. I am in love with the moves because. But are they big game hunting? We we big game hunted with Devin Dubnik. That's yeah. That we, we, one we, we, was the big game, we, but
0: it wasn't the ones that they were talking about today.
1: Right now, look. We didn't give up anything for those times, too. The players we gave up were guys in Colorado Eagles organization mm-hmm. and draft picks. And right now, draft picks, like I said, don't matter for teams in the Cup or in the Cup race. Mm-hmm. Avs did exactly what they needed. They, they are right now at least nine, 9 to 11 deep. I can maybe count a few out on the way, on, uh, on the forwards. Defensively, now with them seven back as well, we have great depth on the defense. And now you have three goaltenders that are outstanding. Grubauer's been playing outstanding. Johansson has been playing great. That poor man just needed to get out of Buffalo. And now he's been playing well. And then throw Dubnik in there. Grubauer is
0: your number one, but I am very, very confident in all three. No, and this makes sense because this is what we've been saying throughout the last few months that we've been talking about Avalanche Hockey, going all the way back to our appearance on the Tell It As It Is podcast. If they can get a goaltender, Grubauer... I'll be honest with you. Coming into this season, I did not think Grubauer was the kind of guy that will be able to steal you playoff games. I thought that you were going to have to rely on the team around him. This year, he's a tried and true, probably going to be a Vesna finalist, especially with his his wins. He has the most wins as a goaltender in the in the NHL right now, where he's tied for first with Vasilevsky. And he has a nine two three or something goals against average at this point of the season. He's been incredible. And now we're going to be able to rest him a little bit going into the playoffs, which is even better. And when you have a guy like Dubnik which it's really funny to see the local reaction when we signed Dubnik. There's a lot of people that are still very salty about that uh, Minnesota, Minnesota Wild series back in series. 2013,
1: yeah. me, me included. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when he came in for I think it was Besgalov at the time, and we we were up I think two one of the series, and then, then they made the goalie change, and then it got to seven. And
0: that was that was back when it was uh, Landeskog Duchesne and McKinnon. Yeah, and Wall and, was the coach. Yeah, Wall was the coach. That was. That's the funny thing is that we're still holding that grudge, and that was McKinnon's first year. And Ryan O'Reilly
1: was on the second line too. Ryan right? O'Reilly yeah, was the second O'Reilly line. O'Reilly was sailing. still there too. Wow. Yeah, th- that's been a it's been a fat minute since that. So you know what? If we win the cup with Dubnik as the backup goaltender, all is forgiven. That's yeah, all is forgiven.
0: I'll, or just you know, it's very similar to when the Broncos brought in Romanowski. You hated Romanowski when he played in any any other color but orange and blue. But when he played in orange and blue, his methods were effective. Exactly. Now that, that Dubnik is going to be in the burgundy and blue. or Yeah, burgundy and blue because burgundy is a shade of red. Yeah. Uh, I had a brain fart there for a second. It's probably going to look pretty good. I'm yeah. probably going to enjoy it. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to forget about the fact that he made me cry in 2013. Yeah, I'm, I'm like Joe Sack is a fucking genius. Let's just put that out there. Please, please let me see. I, I want... He's never gonna happen. I want to watch him negotiate a deal live, because the the the
1: buffoonery and the blasphemous deals that he gets for some of these great players, like what Sackic has done, like on the ice for the Avalanche organization, he is Miss like we call Todd Helton Mister Rocky. Well, right now I'd say Joe Sackic is Mister Avalanche. He's Mm -hmm. the guy that brought this organization. That came over from Quebec and played his whole career here, and was the staple of this organization. And now he's doing it more, even for the organization to get a, bring another cup here. Sakic so yeah. is an absolute genius.
0: Yeah, I. I am so glad I
1: got you off that train of the hate train.
0: That was more just hate by association, and the fact that he's the GM, and yeah. then I didn't. I still really. Bednar has been okay this season. He hasn't given me anything to really gripe about, but I still am on the fence about how I feel about Bednar. It was just by the fact that he was standing close to Bednar that Saka caught a few of my bullets. I was also very, very pissed off. I, I exploded. I needed I needed a full two hours before. I should have been kicked, banned from our Twitter for two hours before I was able to actually give my thoughts on that game because it was not not Okay. But he's, he's made up for it. Let's just go through what they gave up to get these guys. So they brought in Nimith and um, Soderberger and Dubnik. And what they gave up for all of I don't have the details of the Nimith trade, but for du- Dubnik, they gave up Greg Petirin, who I believe is on the he, Eagles roster. Yeah,
1: he was a fringe defensive man for the Avs, but that's nothing.
0: And the fifth rounder, which the fifth rounder nothing. is going to be absolutely worthless. Exactly. Uh, and then for the uh, Carl Soderbergh trade, we gave up Josh Dickinson and Ryder Rolston, which I believe are another two Eagles players. Eagles players so. Two
1: guys that aren't going to catch the roster. Right now, look, like I said, the Avs are, are this is a championship team. Yeah. And we're not in the, the market for building the Eagles organization right now. Either you're a part of this team right now and you're ready to win a cup or you're not. There's one in between. When, when it comes to the, the big teams that win championships – their farm systems are nothing because you give up the farm to make sure your front guys are better. You and have
0: you have your franchise set piece and you just continually build around them. Every now and then, it's you you don't really give up your first round picks because you can always rebuild. You don't want to completely neglect the draft. You don't want your, to auto your center system. yourself. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, that was I finally got to see them in action last week on Wednesday. I watched them play the Oilers. Oh boy, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. That's they, that can barely be considered hockey. I don't even. Boomer, will you just? You're causing so much trouble today. I don't, Yeah, I don't yeah. yeah I mean, the Senators, man. Look,
1: that's that's where the whole Sakic's of genius started from. Mm-hmm. Because the haul we got back from Duchesne, literally the day after we traded Duchesne, our season got better and we got better as a team. It was like it. It was that moment of where, like, you know what. We gotta move on from him because he's been a sore in our sides all season long. Move on from him and go with McKinnon, Landy, and Ranson and being the stars and look where we are now.
0: Yeah, and look where Matt Duchesne is not. He's not even playing in Ottawa anymore. He didn't he's, even play in Ottawa past past the year. No, it's he, this this uh, team that Sakic has assembled this last few seasons of Sakic as a GM is teach teach tape for somebody like it's a different sport. It's what they teach a marketing class when you're trying to get a deal done. This is a Harvard sports management level assignment that we're seeing taking place. And it's, it's incredible to see. He's one of those rare guys that, him and I think maybe Ozzie Newsome are guys that had maybe better executive careers than they had playing careers. And I
1: don't know about that yet.
0: Maybe eventually. If he wins two cups as a GM, I don't know what you—
1: Yeah, but we're, 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 not, we're at zero still currently, so we're not there yet. No,
0: but it snowballs after one.
1: That's... I know, but he also is one of the greatest hockey
0: players of all time. He is a top he, he's he, is a top he was the captain player. for his entire career. Yeah, there's.
1: he has he not surpassed that yet, trust me. He's not there yet. But okay. he, he has a chance to be one of the best GMs at this state has seen in a long time.
0: I'll allow that. I'll, he's definitely outdone Elway since the uh, – Elway had the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's done Elway that's, since that's, the Super Bowl.
1: That's the one thing Elway has over every other GM so far. Until the Avs win a cup or the Nuggets win a, a Larry O'Brien, that he's won a ring here. So as a GM, so that's all he has above him right now.
0: Do you put him higher
1: than Connolly, or where do you put? Second I put Sackett higher than Connolly. It's it's one A, one B though. It's not like it's it's one it's it's those two. I'll give Patton the benefit of doubt because it's his first year. Yeah, we don't know any. We won't count that yet. Fifty feet of crap, and then the guy who manages the uh, Rockies. He'll
0: be he'll uh, be coming up a little bit later, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put his name in it because I want his name associated with what he's gonna get uh, coming up. But I I do kind of want to talk about, like I said, I watched, I got to watch the Oilers play the Senators, and can we just? Thank our lucky stars that we don't have to watch hockey like that anymore. Because oh, for as good as the Oilers are and they dominate the Senators, you can still I still see such a difference in their defense and their penalty kill. They're going to get waxed by whoever comes out of one of these other divisions. Oh, the
1: Knights and the Avs, when they play each other, that is some of the best hockey you'll watch. And then every other division, I feel like, maybe you can code Toronto into that conversation because they're...
0: I, I think if you there's going to be a clear difference between a Toronto and Edmonton game. But I think maybe the the Lightning and the Hurricanes is another.
1: Or maybe Florida, because Florida's been playing really well, too.
0: It'll be interesting to see what Florida can do in the playoffs because they're so young and and they don't have as much depth. But I would say Avs and Knights are the the closest of the top two in their division, followed closely behind by the Lightning and Hurricanes. The East is just pretty stacked throughout, and everybody is, is on the same footing. Ottawa gets the shit beat out of them by everybody in that division. It's true. I w- that was the whole lead up into that Oilers-Senators game was Ottawa really just has not found a team that they do well against this season. No. And everybody loves playing the Senators. And I mentioned Conrick David in my beats of the week last week, and he had a came out and had a five-point game against them. It was four assists and one goal, so it didn't help for the, the beat that I told you guys to put down because I said he's going to win the goal trophy. and. He got the five points that he needed, but it wasn't the five points in the right category over to try and get get to Austin Matthews. But Austin Matthews played the Senators, I think, the night after, and he scored, like, five points in that game. Yeah, It's, it's ridiculous what the Senators have become, but it's also ridiculous to see how bad some of these other divisions are, especially near the top.
1: Oh, no doubt about it.
0: it it's going to become very interesting towards the playoffs because I think if you're looking just at the standings – the two teams that are going to make it out of every division, the East and the North are going to be very low seeds once they reseed everybody uh, for the final push of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I think when, when they reseed them all, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, the other big news, obviously, out of the NHL was the Felino trade. I think that's a really good – I think it's a really quiet deal for Toronto. Foligno is, is captain for Blue Jackets for a long time. I think he deserves a push at the cup. In um, Toronto, maybe have it finally this year, but we say that every year, so probably not. And then Taylor Hall getting traded to Boston—that's that's uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a good move. It's a good move. But Taylor Hall, as one person, I, that people put so much hype on is Taylor Hall because of what he did in his MVP season. He's been trashed the past few years. I'll be honest with you: if we're if we're basing hype off of his MVP season, then then. If you expect him to play like that for Boston, you're wrong. That's not You're not getting that same Taylor Hall. You're getting a completely different Taylor Hall. And if Taylor Hall cannot take a back burner to Pasta and Bergeron and those front line for that's, Boston, yeah. then that's going to be a failed experiment. I mean, look what happened in Arizona. He did nothing for Arizona. Arizona could have been a good team, and they faulted last year. Look he what, went to Buffalo yeah. with Eichel to pair with Eichel, and that was one of the par- worst pairings I've ever seen in my life. So th- – Taylor Hall may not be the right answer for anybody at this point until he's able to take a step back because he's still trying to act like he's the best player on the ice and he's not that anymore.
0: It's strange that he doesn't get the same reputation as a guy like uh, Line or Pierre-Luc Dubois, guys that were known headaches in the locker room. He's been, in Arizona, he was with Connor Garland and in Buffalo, he was with Eichel, and but now he's
1: too, especially in, in Arizona. Yeah,
0: and now he's going to be on this perfection line, which is not the best line in hockey anymore, but it was at one point this season. I I really doubt. Like we were wanting Taylor Hall to come to Colorado after last. Uh, the after the season, bubbles, yeah. after the bubble, but seeing what he's done and kind of looking back at his history in the league, I would be very wary to, to, to trust him in my system. He's, he's the kind of guy that comes in and ruins chemistry. And for Boston, a team that's had two COVID breaks in the matter of three weeks, that's not going to be good for them. Because they're still trying to find their consistency as their team, and then you're adding another piece, possibly a very volatile piece. Who knows? Who knows if Taylor Hall is really the issue wherever he's been, but it hasn't been good, and he's the common denominator in all of it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 going to be an experiment because I don't think Taylor Hall lasts there. Um, they'll it's, probably, it's
0: going to be the season, and then that's it. Probably. Yeah.
1: It's although Buffalo, man, you got to get people out of Buffalo. Get Eichel out of Buffalo too. Buffalo here in the off season. That poor guy.
0: It, it's going to be. That's the other thing that we could learn about this if he comes into Boston and turns into. Uh, the player he was, yeah, New Jersey. if he or even just becomes, you know, like a really good, solid role player, like we thought he was going to be up in Buffalo. It's definitely something to do with Buffalo's management at that point. And I agree with you at, at that point as well. Get Eichel out of there because I want to see him at his full potential. Yeah. And apparently, nobody can hit their full potential in Buffalo not other than all. Ryan Miller back way in back the, when, to, early 2010s, late 2000s. It's it's not been great there and. Uh, we've had – you were on two for chirping. A lot of the people that I've had on two for chirping think that that's going to need to be a wholesale ownership change or just honestly, a philosophy change starting at ownership What where they have to do what they do with Buffalo. Honestly, I know
1: Buffalo is a big sports town with the Bills and everything, but honestly, my might look to possibly move them because, yeah. because New York already has three – four big teams they have they have new jersey or that area they have new jersey they have um they have the islanders and they have the rangers mm-hmm. four teams in that area why not possibly move that team I, don't, I mean it would probably be bad because of what the bills have done in that city and but people don't care about hockey in buffalo
0: it would be strange if if they do end up doing the ownership change like everybody thinks they should there's probably a good chance that they do get moved out of Buffalo. Right now, they're only based out of Buffalo because the same family that owns the Bills owns the Sabres. And we saw them tarnish both of them for a very long time. And what we've seen recently with the Bills turnaround, that ownership family basically just went, okay, we realize that we're just going to Bills. No, they they were like, we realize we suck when we make decisions, so we're just going to let the people we put in charge make the decisions. They didn't do that with the Sabres. Mm -hmm. They continue to have... They're, they're Jerry Jonesing the Sabres very badly right now. And I think if they go with a laissez-faire approach, they'll stay in Buffalo and probably get better. Or if they sell, I think that they're probably gone. Because Buffalo yeah. is not a big enough market to where you can justify...
1: Especially, like I said, especially with those teams around them.
0: Yeah, and there's other places that enjoy back hockey back, yeah, you more. Go back to Quebec. Yeah,
1: you could go back to Quebec. You could go back to. There's um, honestly
0: a big chance that Arizona ends up being the team that gets moved to.
1: I think what Arizona has done recently, I think I think they're are more of a chance of staying because I remember when that was happening because the arena is has been so shit, and that's one of the reasons why because they we moved to Glendale, they were like this is, organization has to move and blah, blah blah. But the there's has been a resurgence of hockey in Arizona. I will say that um, people are have been getting behind it more because. They they they've done renovations to the arena now and now there there's a big there's a big youth hockey movement, starting with Austin Matthews who's from Arizona yeah and played Scottsdale. hockey in Arizona yeah so that's one of the reasons why I think Arizona might stick around for a few more years. I think Buffalo is an organization that could, we could see moves though soon.
0: Yeah, I think Arizona, because I I talked to one of my good friends who lives in Arizona Garrett who is on my Center of Attention podcast his his. I asked him why hockey isn't as big in Arizona as it probably should be especially with Matthews being the number 1 player from America and it's he said that it has they, they don't really advertise in the places that like hockey in Arizona like they don't really advertise in Scottsdale and the fact that they have to drive a long ways away from their house to get to a game they don't really sell tickets that well at that arena. Yeah,
1: when they moved to moved the arena to Glendale and out of the Suns Arena, I believe it wasn't too long ago. That's when things kind of went downhill for them because people were like, "Man, is this Arizona Coyotes, the Phoenix Coyotes, and they were just going back and forth with all that and I I think it's growing slowly down there. I think Arizona has a foundation, I think. I feel like because Gretzky was a partial owner, and they, they, they have had some like presence of hockey in Arizona. Buffalo, however, they've never done anything, ever.
0: No. Yeah, no, I think the well, all I'm saying about Arizona is that they probably put this arena in the wrong place. They yeah. probably should have had it oh, closer easily, to Scottsdale, yeah. and then they'd be selling a lot more tickets. I do – the two teams that I see – Quickest to be moved, and there's one in Canada, one in, in the U.S., and it's Buffalo and it's Ottawa. But those are the two teams that are probably going to end up getting switched around. They probably, It probably makes more sense to have Ottawa end up moving back to Quebec yeah. and and see about that, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. At, at least we got some good big moves for the Avalanche, and there were some other big moves around the NHL that make it a little bit more interesting because it was getting – I talked about it with Griffin on last week's episode of Two for Chirping, which you can catch the new one coming up. There's a possibility we get some collaboration with the Belly Up Sports Network as well. It's not confirmed as we're recording this, but you can catch the new episode Friday. It was, we are getting kind of burnt out playing the same teams over and over yeah, and over again. We're, the trade deadline, now we get to see people in new uniforms, so it reinvigorates you a little bit. Yeah, it's, like I said,
1: the regular season is just a long stretch. got to get through it to the postseason.
0: Please, please, please don't let the Coyotes steal the fourth spot in the West because I don't want to see the Avalanche play them anymore. They play them all the damn time. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break from hockey and, and let's move over really quick. Uh, we'll probably do this on the going into the break and then coming out of the break as well because uh, we're kind of coming up on that hour mark. But let's talk about um, some NFL draft discussion. We'll save baseball for a little bit uh, later on. The draft is coming up. It's April 29th. We're going to start having a little bit more draft coverage coming your way. Nico made me stay in check when March Madness was going on. But now that March Madness is over, I got full reign to do as much draft discussion as I want. And that brings me to this question and I, I posed it to you a little bit earlier. Which team do you trust the most to use the draft in this offseason to actually build their roster into something that can be presentable and, and improve their position from what they where they are now?
1: Damn the, the teams that I think were top of my head right away is Jacksonville just because what they're being gifted in number one. You trust them to make the, the, their situation better? I trust them that they will be gifted their situation better. Because I think Trevor Lawrence is that good. Do I think Jacksonville will capitalize off of it? No. Do I think that they'll be gifted a generational talent? Yes. I think that's where the difference is there. I think another team that I could throw into that situation um, that has been pretty smart through years, I think the Patriots. Because, look, they're probably in a quarterback market. Um, maybe Mac, I don't know. All the reports say Mac Jones is going to fall to three there, or maybe four. Um, but they may fall with Mac Jones in their pocket. Um, the Patriots are in the are, have done a lot of good offseason moves, and much as it pains me to say to this, I think they could make
0: some splashes here in the draft. Yeah, they're one of the franchises that have the history of drafting players and then developing them. Even though I'd say recently their draft picks haven't panned out super well Sonny Michelle and Nikhil Harry. Both guys that were taken in their first round in in recent drafts that didn't end up producing as much as they should have. Uh, the reason I questioned you on the Jacksonville statement was because the next part of that question is who do you have the least trust? Who do you who do you have the most trust in that they're going to go out swing and miss on somebody? And I was expecting you to say Jacksonville because it's what they do with their draft.
1: Picks. Yeah, they're not gonna if they if they draft anyone other than Trevor Lawrence at number one, then they are the big they are the reason why. Like, that that question should be proposed. Yeah. But if they do do what they should, then you can't deny what they did.
0: Uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of people who think that Jacksonville is going to get tricked. And, and maybe the Jets are playing some mind games, which I don't think the Jets are. I think the Jets could be in that conversation of teams that you think are going to swing and miss on somebody pretty much every year. But they're putting out the feelers like, well, oh, maybe – you know, everybody says Trevor Lawrence, but Zach, everybody loves Zach Wilson. Oh, Maybe G- I want to love Zach Wilson. The Jets
1: are easily playing mind games because the, um, the Jets, I think it was a GM or owner or something, tweeted out a video today with all the quarterbacks, like except Trevor Lawrence video in there. So he had Zach Wilson hype. They had Justin Fields hype. They had Mac Jones hype. They had Trey Lance hype in there. Yeah. They had all the top four in there, Top or except Trevor Lawrence. Top five, excuse me, without Trevor Lawrence. So – Maybe they are playing head games. I would love to see Trevor Lawrence rather in New York than in Jacksonville, like I said a few weeks back. Um, But I think, honestly, I might go with the Jets being the team that's going to swing and miss the worst. I think the Jets, and you want to throw another team in there, I'll throw in the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles
0: are notorious. For Eagles are right. going to
1: fuck up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a team that honestly could hit. Now, that I think about this a little more. Might be the Cowboys because I guess the Cowboys are, are are idiots where they can be, but I've heard they're very, 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 very high on Kyle Pitts, and that's the guy they want more than anyone.
0: Yeah, I think that that if he falls to them, Kyle Pitts is going to be their pick. But they're, they're, they're trying, sitting... they're
1: trying to move up, as yeah. what I heard too.
0: But if they sit at 10, they're probably going to be gifted a really good – because their offensive line has dwindled and gotten old, and they need to rebuild that, especially with Dak making as much money as he is now. They're going to get gifted – I I really hope that they're not gifted Pene Sewell, but they're at least going to have the chance to draft Rayshon Slater. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. If if Sewell's there at 9, I
1: think the Broncos may pull trigger on that.
0: If he's there Because the right nine, tackle
1: position, that seals that up. Because Bulls – Yes, I'm yeah. saying his name now, if you remember from the very start. Bowles is a really good left tackle. Yeah. I can't trust Juwan James. Though Fennie Sewell at right tackle position,
0: I'm loving life. I'll tell you right now, if he is there at 9, if he's there past 5, I'm going to be drinking heavily on that night. Well,
1: if yeah, Jimmy, look, I, then That's go ahead. I, you Drink Jimmy yourself to sleep, to sleep tonight and the, or that night, night, and, night, night and then the day, day after, after, go watch LSU highlights. It's
0: because not going to be the same.
1: I know it's not the same. But, the, but right now, you're banking, yes, O-linemen, honestly, o, I, I read about this somewhere, but O-line does not matter what they do in their pro days. does not matter what they do, um, all the stuff going up to the draft. It matters the game film, and that's about it. And right now, I'll tell you right now, you are a stickler about this more than anything. He played against Pac-12 defenses most of his career.
0: I know, but I have watched him against. I told you, I watched him against Auburn.
1: Auburn, exactly, but Auburn has also been struggling. That was a,
0: That was the year that they had three NFL picks in the top three uh, rounds. That
1: was also two years ago. Okay,
0: and I know, got, but but, he's but got the a way year I takes his body.
1: Either way, you you take like. I think it's Jamar Chase or Penny Stool. It's not Kyle Pitts or anyone else. No. I think
0: Jamar Chase. We just signed Thaddeus Moss this morning.
1: Yeah, that, I, like, that's, 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 I think that's going to be a dream in heaven. I think like Look, Joe Burrow, you pair him with the offense that he had in college. The most potent offense in college football history. You, you sign tackles. Penny Sewell fails. If he, if he fails, you were going to look back and be like, damn, we could have had Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow connection for 50, 15 years.
0: I will tell you that if Pene Sewell fails, I will feel better about not drafting Jamar Chase because we would have had an even worse situation drafting Jamar Chase. The guy that, that they signed, he'd be a good role model for a few years or maybe fill in on left tackle because I'm not certain about Jonah Williams. The film that I've seen about Pene Sewell, and yes, I talk the most trash about Pac-12 football. It's the softest conference in the country. He, is not, he does not exemplify Pac-12 football. He plays the way, the violent way that offensive line is supposed to be played. And he is big enough, strong enough, fast enough that he's going to be able to come into the league and it's not going to be... Like Cushenberry for the Broncos this past year for the first few time, first few games, he had to get used to the strength of these guys. Penny Sewell is going to come in with man strength and he's going to be able to... He's coming in in a lot better situation than a lot of the offensive linemen that have been drafted. It's him and the better one recently that's been drafted is Quentin Nelson. Those are the two guys I think
1: Quentin Nelson's a step ahead. I I, I would argue Quentin Nelson was a was a different breed and what he did at Notre Dame. Like I think that's a step ahead of Penny Sewell because look right now I think Penny there's a reason why Penny Sewell's rumored at nine to the Broncos now. There's a reason why he's he's falling. And I don't know if it's because other teams are high on the receivers or they don't they don't necessarily believe that Sewell can be worthy of a top five pick.
0: I don't, I don't know. I think whoever gets Penny Sewell is going to get the steal of this draft and they're going to anchor one of the sides of their offensive line for a long time. I'm, I know everybody knows who I'm hoping that that happens for. Um, but, yeah, no, I'd put the Bengals up there on a team that's possible to swing and miss because it's, it's very, very possible. You can never forget about the 90s where we had two back-to-back number one overall picks.
1: Or the swing and miss, how about the 49ers? I think you can talk about them if they reach a Mac Jones. Uh,
0: yeah, I really – that surprises the hell out of me, and more and more people continue to say – every. Kausha people are, people are
1: rumoring Mac Jones is number two now. Mm. Are, they, Dom, they are I really getting,
0: hope for your <laughs> sake that it's at least Zach Wilson. We
1: are getting way too out of hand with Mac Jones, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah, no, Mac Jones is a probably late first round, early second round at the highest. He is not the third overall pick in this draft. That's the other thing quarterbacks are so inflated there's actually a head coach that just came out and said this because i was listening to the local sports station on the way over here it's trevor lawrence and then the next best quarterback if you're going truly just based on talent and not putting any importance on position next best quarterback should be taken at nine there is not a quarterback who should be taken the number two overall player in the draft
1: it's just the only reason why they have all that going on is just because of the power of
0: position. Yeah, that's, like, that's really the, the only. That's yeah, truly the only reason.
1: They feel like they can get their guy at a certain positions, so that's why they feel like they have to reach mm-hmm. because they feel like a team behind them can do it themselves. That's why. That's why in recent drafts we've seen a lot more people trade up until they get quarterbacks and get things like that because people feel like, damn, I really want to get this guy because this we believe this guy's our guy. That's why San Francisco jumped to three.
0: Yeah, that's why San Francisco jumped to three and. It, it makes a lot more sense for me, especially with their Jimmy G situation. They could keep Jimmy G around for a couple of years and get a guy like Trey Lance or a guy like Justin Fields, who I really just want to see in that offense because the athleticism they have is better than Jimmy G. And it would be something. If you Jimmy get Mac old.
1: Jones, if you're San Francisco you get Mac Jones, you get Jimmy
0: Garoppolo 2.0. Exactly. And there's no – it makes no sense to jump up to three to draft the same exact quarterback that you already have. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, real quick before we go into the break, just to finish out some of the NFL discussion, it's an unfortunate thing, and I would re- wish we didn't really have to mention it, but since we talked about it around the Super Bowl on this show in Cover 6, uh, Britt Reed, the son of Andy Reid and the assistant coach for the Chiefs, was charged with a felony DWI this morning for the accident that he had around the Super Bowl, leaving a 5-year-old girl in critical condition. So he has been charged now, and it is going to be a felony DWI. So, he yeah, continues pray- to be to have a lot of issues off the field, and hopefully yeah, pray- he gets some help.
1: Prayers up to everyone in that situation. Yeah, it's not, definitely during the Super Bowl week that was a big story, and unfortunately that's that's how things go.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but I I hope everybody involved walks away in a better position, including Britt Reid, because it's obvious that he needs a lot of help to try and f- help him out of the situation. But on that sour note, let's go into the break, here from our partners. I apologize to our partners that we led you in with that. But when we come back, we'll do Most Dominant Team of the Week and then our regular segments um, plus benchwarmer of the Week because we got all that to finish out here on Episode 36 of The Far End of the Bench on the Unhinged Sports Network. Benchwarmers, we have another new partnership that we're talking about, Atemi Sports. We reached out to them, and they were gracious enough to offer us an affiliate position. So we have a new link in our link tree, at feotbpod Pod, Instagram and Twitter. Go there because they got great resistance bands for working out, also good resistance bands for PT if you're having to overcome an injury because I know we have a lot of... Uh, athletes that listen to the show and then also with the men's league, we might have to invest in some Atemi Sports bands so that we can recover after games.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to stress ourselves out for sure, but I mean, it's a weird world we're living in, gyms being closed, wherever it may be. Um, wherever you are in the country, check out Atemi Sports because like I said, those bands are great for at-home workouts. If you don't have much, you, you use a cheap price, just go through our link. You can check out whatever they have um, and get you a quick workout in, not even 30 minutes every single day and stay in shape during these tough times.
0: Yeah, use the link in our link tree and make your purchase through that way. It comes a little bit back to us so we can continue to make good content for you guys and continue to uh, work through our tech- technical difficulties that we've been dealing with throughout the show. So, Atemi Sports, follow them on Instagram, at Atemi Sports, also on Twitter. And then use the link in our link tree when you go and buy your, your workout equipment and your resistance bands. Benchwarmers, thank you guys for listening to the Unhinged Sports Network. And we wanted to talk about Fanatics once again, our oldest partner, our very first partner on the Unhinged Sports Network. You can still use their link in our bio and make your purchase because there's new jerseys coming out on that site. And and not just jerseys and shirts, it's anything merchandise-wise. Uh, all of the podcasts on the Unhinged Sports Network talk about it at feotb pod to find the link in our bio and use that to buy your shirt. They got promo codes every single day. Um, great, great deals, great content, great, great merchandise that you can get. Nico, what are some of the things that they can find on the Fanatics website through our link that they can buy?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's March. It's April. Man, we have lots of good stuff coming. But the best time of March is the conference tournaments for college basketball and all those beautiful warm-ups that they use throughout the tournament. If you see a dude losing his mind on the bench with a sick warm-up, uh, through While you're watching the tournament, go to use the Fanatics ad. Go get you one of the warm ups from those universities and go get support your favorite team. because all those just sick warm ups, like I said, sick jerseys, whatever it may be, lots of good stuff. And the All Star game just happened. NBA All Star game happened. Go get you a Nicole Yokos jersey. I'm not sure what the color looks like right now because we're recording before, but go get you Nicole Yokos jersey. Go get you. Excuse me, all-star warm-ups, I got an all-star warm-up jacket, all fanatics, go use, but you have to use that link, make sure
0: you use that link. Yeah, fanatics, the best place for a sports fan, get all your different merchandise that you need, link in our bio, at F-E-O-T-B pod, help out the Unhinged Sports Network, and support your favorite team. Welcome back, bench warmers to the far end of the bench, with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant, and we uh, finished up talking about some NFL draft coverage. That's obviously coming up. Uh, thank you for listening to our partners and thank you for listening to the show. Be sure to subscribe. If you're not listening on the unhinged sports network and follow us at F E O T B pod. All right, let's get into uh most dominant team of the week and I'll let you start this one so we can, uh, uh, let the people know who you thought was most dominant. This I classroom. went with the Nuggets. I'm excluding Sunday
1: <laughs> from this conversation because we have one. We did win eight in a
0: row. Well, Sunday up until the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, until,
1: up until the fourth quarter, we've won eight in a row. This team has been firing all cylinders. Um, I think that there's no better team to put in this right now besides the other team, which you'll have you'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but the Nuggets have been on a roll. Aaron Gordon, we're 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 seven and zero with Aaron Gordon with braids. We're zero and one with Aaron Gordon with the
0: fro. So obviously. guys to keep the braids Aaron Gordon yeah just uh, roll those things back up and keep get the cornrows going back again I I had the Nuggets as my most dominant team of the week last week so they've been having a good couple weeks here on the podcast my most dominant team this week Colorado Avalanche and uh, they took over the lead league lead for points with 60 in 41 games. And at the trade deadline, they addressed every single hole that you could possibly bring up to say. Literally every single hole. This is the reason why they won't be able to win the Stanley Cup, and they filled all those holes. So basically, it's Joe Sackick, but since he's a team guy and he was the captain, I'm going to give it to the team, the Avalanche are my most dominant team of the week. Not for anything they really did on the ice, but off the ice, they absolutely destroyed this trade deadline. A lot of our colleagues at the Unhinged Sports Network, uh, time to BS, as soon as they made that deal, it was like, Jesus. Really? Do you guys need this move to happen again? Yes, we, we did. Yeah, we Joe Sackett was like, you
1: know what? I don't care. We have definitely have holes. Let's fix those right away.
0: Yeah, we're just going to plug these holes now and win a Stanley Cup. That's all we're going to do. Uh, Benchwarmer of the week. So the high and the low now. And I'll, I'll go ahead and start this one out. Jeff Breidich. And it's mainly because last week he was getting some sympathy. Those text messages between Aaron, Adam Wainwright and Nolan Arenado were getting people pissed off at Nolan. Uh, but then they went back out to San Francisco, which is a ballpark Nolan notoriously dominated at and got waxed. So I really don't feel for Jeff Breiditch at this at this point.
1: I mean I don't I don't hate that. We'll hear about that a little bit more here from me in a minute too. But my bench room of the week, I'm going Bryson DeChambeau. the Shambo. The Hambo man look one. he played really well on Saturday. He was at minus four, had a slight chance of possibly making noise Sunday, but he shot like five over and had a terrible day. Bryson, the Masters is not a tournament you can hammer the ball 5,000 feet. This tournament is is specific to certain players, and it's it's more about preciseness and how you get the ball to the cup, not how far you can hit the ball.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is a golfing tournament, not a long drive competition. You're and, not going to be able to put it from the tee to the green every single time.
1: And very similar to the, the to my first Benchwormer of the Week, Bryson DeChambeau. Maybe I'll make this a yearly thing. Benchwormer of the Week always during the Masters is going to be Bryson DeChambeau because everyone has him as a top five favorite,
0: and then he always fal- falters. Didn't he come out and say the course was a par 67 for him again? Didn't he say yeah. something like that? He, he said it in the things. fall, but then he doubled down and said it again. And after the ass kicking he took in the fall, I thought he would have learned. But yeah, he did. apparently learn. he's not the smartest guy on the golf course. Oh, who would have thought that? Oh, not know. me. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's Bench Warmer of the Week this week. Uh, What's Brewing now? Our partnership segments. What's Brewing? Presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow them on social media at High Alpine Brew. Uh, I'll let you take this one first.
1: And my first one, Nolan's a bad guy now. I, I look, don't. We're not. I'm not giving Brightish sympathy because the return we got was still shit. But Nolan's not not a hero. He's not. He's not what everyone thought he was here in the Rockies. He's not the look. As as much as Brightish messed up the whole situation, Nolan didn't help himself out and was trying to actively get himself out of here. We were a wild card team two years ago. Don't you ever forget that we went into Wrigley and beat the Cubs, and. That's and, and to hear stories about him wanting out then also does not give him that good satisfaction. He is not like he is becoming a villain, and Rockies fans, there's very few of us out there still, but Rockies fans should not be feel sympathy for Arenado anymore. We yes, Breidich and, and Montfort messed things up because of the return we got back in front of him, but no one, this is a situation of Andre Iguodala with the Nuggets. He was here because he had to. He wanted out for three four years now, and he did not help himself out when we had a team that was good enough. So, as much as Bryash and Mumford fucked up and everything else, no one should not be claimed as a hero.
0: I, I don't know. It's not... It's not like this situation is new. Getting
1: telling, getting highlights to an opposing pitcher about your team—that's as low as it gets, right there. I'm telling you right there. I don't care if you're trying to get your team get out of there for whatever reason. That's that's as low as it gets. That's that that's that's where I'm like, yes, he's a bad guy now. Uh, I
0: don't know. I still, I'm on, the, I'm on the side of the player over everything like that, and he he said outright. Before they made it to the wild card that season, if they were not going to continually make an effort to be a playoff team, he was going to want out. So it's not like this was a a new thing. I will say that it is kind of shady that he was sending the text messages, but. They should have fixed it before it got to that point.
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly,
0: but Nolan is not an angel in all this. That's where I'm that's where I'm. He's at. not as much of an angel, but I'm still not going to say that he's a bad guy. I'm still going to – I still – The
1: bad guy in Colorado sports media, I'm not saying he's a bad person. No, I know. But no, like, like a heel. You
0: know what I mean? He's I don't, not, I don't yeah. see him as the heel, though. That's my other thing. I totally – He's not – I think that he did the best thing for him and his family and the team. For him, you mean, not the team? Uh, it was going to, it's a dying situation. We'll see what happens when Trevor Story gets traded to the Yankees later on this season. Uh, my, my what's brewing, there was a video of Mark Schlereth. Mark Schlereth pissed off Jets Nation. I didn't even realize that there were more fans of the Jets than just my brother. Uh, but he was saying, he's making fun of the Jets organization because they keep saying, well, now we have Robert Solon and this general manager. It's going to be different this time. And Mark Schlereth's whole thing is, don't tell me it's going to be different. Make it different. And he pissed off the Jets fan base. So he responded by posting a p- video on his Twitter, which might be the most petty, but also the most beautifully, beautiful clapback that I think I've ever seen on social media. He's wearing a Broncos helmet. He has three Super Bowl rings. Two of
1: the Broncos, one with the Skins.
0: Two of the Broncos, one with the Hogs, hogs so yeah. the, the Redskins back then. And he's wearing that Broncos helmet that he beat the Jets in in the AFC Championship in the 1998 season. And uh, he does... He goes through – he explains his reasoning as to why he said what he said about the Jets. And he's like, well, let me tell you – I'll tell you about the uh, championship games and then the Super Bowl rings. And the if, he had them on his index finger, his ring finger, and his middle finger. And he had the Redskins one on his index. He's like, no, it's not this one. This one's from 88. We beat the Lions in this one. And it's not this one. This was from Orby 32 Packers. when we were an 11-point underdog with the Packers. It's this one. When we were down by 10 to the Jets going into the third quarter, and we ended up beating them 28 to 10 in the AFC Championship and donkeyed them in the second half. So, word of advice I, I went after Mark Schlereth. I'm not big enough that he even saw what happened. Don't go after Mark Schlereth. It doesn't uh, end well. Uh, Schlereth is one of the best clapbackers. Pause pa- on that um,
1: in NFL right now. I love all the all the. France, he goes back on back and forth with. He loves going back and forth with some people on social media.
0: Yeah, if you tell, them, tell him that he doesn't know anything, he's just going to send you a picture of his Super Bowl rings. That's true. That's all he has to do, really. And, and I've seen him do it because I've, I've listened to his show at least every Monday and Friday for the past six years. Since he, since he got on the radio here in Denver, I've been listening to his show. So don't swing at the king lest you miss and get absolutely roasted. And the Jets fan base didn't, didn't – they deserved it, but it's kind of like kicking a puppy at that point. That's true. All right. Not you, but we're done. No, worry. we're not going to – I mean, you're making a lot of noise, so but we're not going to do anything like that to you. We're, we we allow it. That's What's Brewing, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Uh, check them out if you're ever in the Gunnison area. They're at High Alpine Brew. Off the Hinges, presented by the Unhinged Sports Network, at Network Unhinged on Twitter, at Unhinged SN on Instagram. Um, I'll start with this one because I I think that you got – yeah, I, I want to give you a chance to go off on on your off the hinges. I want to give you the chance to go off the hinges. Uh, no the, pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. Didn't, didn't slip that one in. I'm not going to edit that to make it seem like that was my first attempt. Uh, mine is the vocal members of society, basically fair weather fans, who are the ones who say, I'm not going to f- watch this sport because of X, Y, and Z. Or if you ever use the phrase, shut up and dribble, when an athlete gives his opinion on something first of all if your your love of the sport is so fragile that you're okay with just not watching something because they made a statement that slightly doesn't go with your beliefs you didn't deserve to be a fan of sports in the first place yes i i use sports as a way of of getting away from everything else in the world but the best part about the sports is that the athletes are human and when you try and take away the humanity that they have and the, the ability to talk about what they, the same thing that everybody else has the ability to do, give their opinion on a certain matter, whatever that may be, or make a statement somehow, it really, really drives me crazy. And it, it makes me upset because the only reason that it's okay to do that to these guys is because they make so many million dollars a year. And, and that's the way that as a society we start to see them as less than human and it really sucks because if that's how we treat those people how are we expecting that there's going to be any kind of change happening anytime soon if we can't get over the fact that these people make more money than me to play a sport and they can still have an opinion still be a human being it's it's a sad state of affairs to be living in if that's how we're going to be treating these people who try and use their platforms for good because I don't have a problem with anything going back to even the kneeling thing. I don't have a problem with you trying to use your platform to make a statement. If it's something you truly and wholeheartedly believe in is going to help. And for people to take away from acts like that and take away from the message that that could help and, and bring, it's really shitty. And, and I'm, I'm kind of tired of it at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Um, there's, there's definitely a lot of weird things going on about that I can't I can't disagree with that um, for my off the hinges I honestly want something a little bit similar it's not it's not exactly the same but I'm, I'm kind of getting sick and tired of people putting down sports other than the top four uh, or I actually, honestly you can put the top five in there because basketball hockey football, and probably soccer as well baseball uh, top five you don't count baseball obviously in the united states but baseball nation nationally wide people i saw a lot of people hating on golf and yes golf is a sport where it's it's a country club sport yeah and and people do it for certain times but those guys work their asses off Mm -hmm. and they bust their ass and they don't wake up and just do that they they bust their asses off Night in and night out to do stuff like that to possibly get their winnings and be known as some of the best sports like golf. You can throw lacrosse in that sport that I've played for so many years. And the amount of field fairies and, and, and butterfly catchers memes I've heard over the years from that go on and on. Um, I apologize for you. This. <laughs> that's, that's just how it goes. And, um, I would say, uh, you can throw wrestling, uh, wrestling in
0: there. And, um, uh, like we said we mentioned earlier tennis is, ten, ten, is tennis very very difficult like all these sports are yeah they and, yeah, and although cute. and
1: like one of the reasons like you can throw one of the reasons like I, i'm so high on this is because things like boxing like wh- when what happened with the, what happened with the jake paul thing and that and people trying to amateur fight and think that they can do anything it's not reasonable these people have been fighting or doing these their whole life, mm-hmm. and it's time. It's time to stop disrespecting it. Like they, they are masters of the craft. One of the great, one of the best athletes of all time, in a single sport, in my opinion, is Tiger Woods because of the amount of domination he had in the sport. And one of the reasons why he was such a great golfer for so long. Mm-hmm. Like when you think of some of the greatest athletes of all time, you think of players like tiger, like Muhammad Ali, like Michael Phelps, all these players that weren't in the bigger sports that came out on top. Yes. The top five are more team oriented sports, but these players deserve the respect and love that they, that don't necessarily people give them. I opinion.
0: Yeah. I, I told you when we were golfing, like I have such a newfound respect for the professional golfers And the fact that they can basically put it where they want off of the tee, and I have a very difficult time even getting it off the tee. It's the fact that I can't do just because I can't do something or something I see somebody else doing well seems easy doesn't mean that it is. Mm -hmm. Like there's not many people that can just pick up another sport like you were saying. Funny enough, you mentioned Jake Paul because his next fight against Askren is this weekend. And that'll come up a little bit later on in our segments as well. Uh, but that's Off the Hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network. Like we said, Unhinged SN on Instagram, at Network Unhinged on Twitter, Unhinged unhingedSN.airtime.pro, 24-7 live radio, live podcasting, sports podcasting coverage. Um, all right, let's move on now. What's on your screen? And uh, this one, I went with a little bit different one this week. This is presented by Fubo TV cut the cord. It's a great alternative to cable um, and you get plenty of, of all the channels. You get a lot of live events and, and there's different packages you can sign up for. Uh, I On Saturday, as I was sitting after uh, roasting in the hot sun on the golf course, I decided that since Disney Plus puts all the Marvel movies in timeline order anyways, I don't have an excuse not to have seen all of them anymore. So I started at Captain America, the first Avenger, finished it right before I came over here. And I'm going to be going, working my way through chronologically all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's about time, Jimmy.
1: It's about damn time. As someone that loves the Marvel Universe, obviously, I'm a little more of a DC guy. You are, too. Um, but Marvel has done a great job with it. I, I just, I mean, I've, I've been watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's a great show. You'll have to get to that eventually, too.
0: That's going to be a way, I think that's probably going to be, like, middle of next NFL season. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's
1: that's been a lot of fun to watch, too. I, I don't hate that at all. Um, yeah.
0: I'm hoping to be on phase three by the time football starts.
1: I feel like you can at least hammer I, out one or two or a week.
0: Yeah. And since I'm working from home, I can probably have it on while I'm working. The only issue is then like I'm on Captain Marvel right now and I've never seen it before. So I could kind of just like have them on in the background for most of them. But I'm going to have to like block out all the ones that I haven't seen before and, yeah. and really sit down and, and pay attention. That's that's fair. Okay. For my
1: what's on my screen, man. It's not necessarily what's on my screen. It's what my, my butt is going to be in the seats of. is Wednesday night, man. We have the Miami Heat coming into Denver. And for everyone that is listening to this podcast knows that our guest a lot of the time, Jeremy Fear is a big Heat fan. And I'll tell you right now, the Nuggets are going to beat the Heat, and it's going to feel so bittersweet. I cannot wait to rub it into Jeremy's face when the Nuggets come in and dominate the Miami Heat here on Wednesday. It's going to be so nice. And then all the slack I got about how the Nuggets didn't even make it to the finals. How could you say they're better than the Heat? Well, Heat got through an easy conference. We had to go through the NBA champs. So, fire me up. Wednesday night is going to be a lot of fun. Nuggets are going to be clapping the cheeks of the, of, of the East uh, reigning champions, Miami Heat, and I can't wait. We went from beating
0: the Heat to clapping the cheeks, so we're, we're progressively <laughs> we're getting more worse, of an ass-kicking yeah. as we go on. Uh, that'll be fun. You got to let me know what Jeremy says when he listens to this. Uh, it, I'm sure, because he's giving you shit as soon as we posted this golf swings on Saturday. Oh, so he he, will he likes to
1: chirp at you a little bit. Oh, he chirps at me every single day. What do you I mean a little bit? I get yeah. chirps every single day from Jeremy. We
0: might get chirped by his uh, uh, burner account on Twitter as well, That's true. which I've, I've tried to expose before. If you know, you know. But yeah, if you know, you know. Not many people know. Um, no, I, I, I like, I mean, I'm not going to be watching that, obviously. I got... I have a busy slate in front of me now. That's true. So yeah. it's going to be difficult for me to watch any sports. But I figured I watched film enough for the past few weeks that I'm going to take switch a little it up. bit of a break. Yeah. And you, I know you breathe basketball. Same thing with Blade me. I, I watched basketball. Arch Manning play high school football. Like, Peyton's younger nephew. I don't even. Oh, oh, oh! I thought you said Archie. Manning. No, Arch, I was like, man, no, they had
1: highlights one, one. I've seen his highlights. Down? Yeah, well, but, not his high school highlights. I did not uh, even. No, probably. Not I bet you high can't highlights. even find those. No, but.
0: no, but uh, Arch, the youngest nephew that plays in at the same high school they did in Louisiana. That's how I, how you are with basketball is how I am with football. I'll watch it. we, all, we no have matches. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but that's what's on our screen, presented by the Fubo TV. Be sure to use the link in our bio at feotb pod and sign up for fubo it helps out the unhinged sports network as a whole um but yeah that's our partnership segments for the week so now let's go on and move to our beats of the week which haven't been doing great in the last oh dude, last few god weeks. awful i'll tell you that
1: both of our masters picks flopped oh yeah not good. <laughs> we, we we've we had i've been i've been on cold of a streak as you can call cold of a streak
0: i have an ice freaking cold yeah nico's just donating money at this point and BetMGM loves him Bet MGM out. and FanDuel. Yeah.
1: oh man they all love please me. please
0: reach back out to us uh, superbook any anything anything we'll we'll take any betting we, we want we want some we need a sponsor for beats league right we, we, we need to help Nico's turning into a degenerate we need him to do this a little bit more legitimately at yeah, this point we need to make some of these work out for me so come on yeah but uh my I'll start and I mentioned it Jake Paul's fighting Ben Ashkin this week for him to KO Ben Askren is set at plus one hundred. He's the favorite. By I'm the way, I'm not watching it at all. I I'm could care less about Probably not. I'm, I'm not going to watch it this time. I bought the last one, but since that's because uh,
1: it was Tyson yeah, and, and was on it, the card. That's what I
0: I, I, I wanted to see Jake Paul fight on the last one, but that's because I follow his brother and he got. His brother he was, was at also WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say he got stunned yes. last night. Um, Bad Bunny wrestled too. WrestleMania has gone sideways yeah it's it's different now (laughs) i i
1: I just told because i watched sunday i watched the edge match Mm -hmm. and it's hard to get off track here and i texted my brother because he was trying to play cod with me last night i was like i'm watching the ending of wrestlemania because i want to watch edge wrestle he's like people still do that i'm like yeah this is a one night a year i watch it because
0: i could care less about everything else uh we we went from diehards and we watched the wrestlemania 35 i think no, it was probably earlier than that. It was way earlier than that. I 31. Think. It was 31. Yeah. We, and when they were in Santa Clara, and we watched that one, we were like, oh, we're so into this. And then it just, it just sh- got worse and worse and yeah. worse.
1: Um, no slide against that. Go check out Main Event Marks. Jimmy was yeah. on there.
0: Main Event Marks is a good show on yeah, the yeah, Sports but- Network, and they talk about when wrestling was good. Yeah, um, we're, we're not necessarily fully into that anymore. <laughs> no, no. We enjoy anymore.
1: it every now and then. Like I said, we, we both probably threw on some parts of Wrestlemania or I don't have
0: it. Peacock but I would have if, if I had the ability I was sure. watching I got ESPN notifications as to who won um, so I, I still watch a little bit I still play the video game the I video think, game is kind of fun I'll yeah. give you that I like making um, we're own getting own way yeah. yeah we're getting way off track here but I'll just say that when I would make a character it would be Cougar Bait um, oh, gosh. as like a playoff of a Shawn Michaels type sexy boy character yeah, yeah. so that's uh, that's how I saw myself when I was 10 years old all right, let's move let's get on. Back to the, let's, let's get back, back to the, the beats of the week. <laughs> What's your first beat of the week?
1: <laughs> my first beat of the week, man. I saw this and brought a smile to my face. Jokic is right now the outright favorite to win MVP. It's minus two ten now.
0: Hmm.
1: We're not, we're not like in the in the. He's an underdog anymore. Usually, some of these trophy races are they still plus two hundred for the favorites. He's a minus two ten favorite. Yeah. Oh man! You should have got in on that line a while ago. A long time ago, should got in a long time ago. Maybe it changes, buffers him to positive. But man, it's 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 cool to see because, like I said, like I said, when I went to that game on Friday night, I hadn't I haven't got a chance to chant MVP inside of Pepsi Center slash Ball Arena now since Melo back in two thousand nine two thousand ten. So it's yeah. pretty damn cool.
0: Yeah, that's also cool that we we were saying Ball so Hard Arena as a joke when they originally changed the name, and right now it's it's, it's Ball so real hard, hard, Arena. hard right now. <laughs> like, you can't go in there. If you bring anything less than your A game, you're walking out of Ball Arena with a loss right it's now. That's um, So I like that one, uh, Jokic. Don't put money. I mean, you could put money on it, but it's not going to be a great return. Yeah, but... maybe the
1: odds change going forward, but I'd keep an eye on that for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, the bookies are going to try and sucker some people in here. So. Yeah,
1: especially with Harden, if he comes back, they'll yeah. probably change the odds there.
0: Yeah, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, My next one, it's baseball. We didn't talk a whole bunch about baseball today. If you want more of my baseball opinions, the High Heater Baseball Podcast on Sundays, uh, or actually Thursdays, excuse me, at 3 p.m. Eastern is where you can get all of my baseball takes. But the White Sox right now are plus 1,100 to win the World Series, and they're a sneaky, sneaky, talented roster. They can make a run similar to what Tampa Bay did last year.
1: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Just if you're keeping track at home, that's back back weeks. Jimmy had a beat of the week for the Yankees, winning the World Series. Well, the, now he yeah, we the, the socks. The
0: Yankees have uh, disappointed me, to say the least. Disappointed me, and it's not it's not who it's I think is going to. Yeah. It's not who I think is going to win the World Series. I'm just trying to win people money. If that's fair. If they have some sort of affiliation <laughs> to the South Side of Chicago, they know bad, bad Leroy Brown. Put some money on the White Sox. That's that's fair. That's fair.
1: My next beat of the week. I went. There's some UFC back this weekend. Yep. There was a pretty good card last weekend. Didn't get to watch it because, like I said, I've been knee deep in football, basketball, or not football, but knee deep in basketball and golf to- content the past couple weeks. Um, but Anthony Anthony Smith is on the main event or might be the co-main event, fighting against Jimmy Crute. He's a plus one sixty-eight um, dog. I'm a, I'm a big Anthony Smith fan. I know he's not the greatest fighter. I know he's been struggling lately, but I like him a lot. He's a he's a good fighter. He's a pretty damn good guy too. Great in the community. So plus one sixty eight, not terrible odds.
0: He trains out of Colorado, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He so,
1: I think he trains with Lauren Landau, who's one of the where um, he does his conditioning out here at least.
0: Yeah, that's I mean Lauren Lando is a, is a strength and conditioning coach for the Broncos, mm-hmm. but he's. He was the strength and conditioning coach for Carwin and Brendan Schaub and all those guys. So he's been around, around for, a, for a, while. a long time. Yeah, um, And we used to, we, he trained us for a couple of summers it's when true, we were at yeah. Cherry Creek. Uh, my last one is also UFC. We have another Andre Arlovski fight. God, God, it feels dude. like he just fought two I weeks ago. I swear you just had him on your I, thing. I did. I did. And that's why I've, I made sure to put it on this one again because I was looking through FanDuel and I was like, Seriously? He's another he's, uh, Arlovsky one. <laughs> yeah, another Arlovsky one. Chase Sherman, Sherman, the guy who he, he's fighting is a plus 132 underdog. Take that Andre Arlovsky, If he can land, he can knock somebody out, but if he gets punched, it's very his chin is gone. His chin is uh dusted at this Man, point. Man, I
1: can't believe that's that's still the on. Fact the fact that I can week.
0: still say that he's fighting, yeah, that's That's like the that's a f- problem. Fifth
1: time, I swear, it's he's been on your beats of the week. Yeah. Thus far I, in like thirty six regular episodes. Because
0: I I want him to be done. That's my thing. Like I love. That's a
1: great way to
0: put it, honestly. Because when he came, when he was the pit bull, and he had the long curly hair, he was so scary, and the fangs. He he would always wear the fake fangs, and now it's just sad. Now he's walking with a walker out to the octagon. Uh yeah, it's it, it, it's you, not
1: the greatest situation. He gets an
0: A R P card at the at the second round intermission it's just bad yeah just bad my
1: my last beat of the week i went baseball too here i i i picked uh ronald acuna to win nl mvp plus 250 right now i believe like
0: do that now and do he, that now because it's
1: gonna flip he's been balling mm-hmm. like and, and acuna is is a lot of fun to watch even yeah. though i don't watch a whole lot of
0: baseball i see highlights on
1: espn late at night and he's been balling yeah that's
0: why you know acuna because he's been all over the highlights he's uh as we I said you can get my baseball talks on the high heater but Acuña is one of those new generation five tool players mm-hmm. cuz I think he he hit a 420 foot shot and then later on that game stole second or beat out a ground ball in the infield he is he can run he can hit he's a good fielder uh, I can't remember what all the five tools are but he's not just a power hitter he can hit in hit for contact move runners over he can steal bases. He can field beat out week, right? ground balls, and he can field. He's, he's a great fielder. He's a great player. That's, do, like, do that now because it's going to go Jokic real quick where he's yeah. a minus, minus for the minus, NL MVP uh, yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like – yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, that's beats of the week. Now let's finish up with player and play of the week because you got to get out and go coach your, your, your uh, little hoopers. Um, true. New, yep. se- new season. But uh, player of the week. I'll start this one. Connor McDavid. Like I said, he had a five point game, uh, the day after our episode aired against Ottawa, and uh, I pa- he was on my Beats of the Week last week. I wish it was a five point game with four goals and one assist, but five, four, four goals th- and
1: one assist would been
0: insane. Yeah, uh, oh that was Leon Drysaddle. Oh, that's just fair. Yeah, because those two, whoever scores the goal, the other one assisted him. That's but fair. Yeah. I'm I'm slowly starting to accept the greatness that is Connor McDavid. He's pretty pretty impressive to watch he's, offensively. He,
1: yeah, he's 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 gifted. He yeah. is he has probably. This generation's Gretzky or not Gretzky? Sorry, uh, Crosby. Yeah,
0: I'm not going Gretzky's far. That's no. The, I I, I caught myself. myself there. Nobody's been Gretzky since Gretzky. I not ca- even
1: Crosby. Yeah, I caught myself there. So he's probably this generation's Crosby. Mm-hmm. So he's been bowling out. Um, my player league, It's easy. It's Hideki Matsuyama. Mm-hmm. I had to do that because look, he honestly the interview after was was chilling because. Yes, he had a translator, and he, you couldn't tell what he was saying. The translator worded it pretty well for him. And the translator, he he was asked the question is, did you feel the weight of your country on your back the nine, considering Japan has never had a men's major champion? He was like, I've felt that since the beginning of Saturday mm-hmm. when he was in the lead. He felt that the last two rounds and the balls, to not only get a five-shot lead, but then be able to close it out, that's that's, that's as cool as it gets and and see." I can't remember how many there are, but it's the first. um, Oh my gosh, low amateur winner since Sergio Garcia did it um, about five, six years ago. That he won the low amateur ten years ago, which is how you get onto the the major because they always have the amateurs play or one at least two amateurs play on the tournament every single year. And he won the low amateur, and then now he won the Masters ten years later. So pretty damn cool.
0: Yeah, that's interesting that he came out and did say that because uh, he opened up Sunday poorly right uh he put
1: yeah he, he, he first shot was straight into the yeah trees. as
0: as soon as he got the lead you could almost be like you could tell he didn't sleep the night before he's like oh you're about go. to be yeah. the first i have the lead so i have the possibility of being the first japanese male to win a major golf tournament so i can no pressure i just no have the weight of the entire island of japan on my shoulders so let's let's go out there and do this mm. i'm so excited um yeah no i i think that's the second you all you do the You do Bryson as your benchwarmer of the week after the Masters, and you do the Masters champion as your player. Well, I mean, Dustin
1: deserved it, and I think Hideki definitely deserved
0: it. Yeah, no, it, it was a cool story with Hideki uh play of the week what's your play of the week
1: play of the week man the best poster of the year the poster of the year miles bridges baptized Clint capella on
0: sunday is there a level pass baptism because i think we might have seen it
1: oh my gosh this dude had he cocked it back this was as bad of a poster if you know the deandre jordan highlight of when he put it on brandon knight who was six foot two but Clint capella is a seven footer and miles bridges Cocked this son of a bitch back. It rose up over the top and hammered it down with authority. Yeah. One of the best posters of the year, I put it right up there with the Anthony Edwards poster we saw from a few or from a month back. And then I can't think of the top of my head, there was another Kawhi dunk, I think a couple weeks ago. There was ago a too. John
0: Morant one sprinkled in there. Yeah, too. John
1: Morant too, but man, he rose up and just poured it down
0: and and those are
1: the highlights that get you up off your seat the radio guy
0: as much of a ham as that radio guy is in new orleans just that much better he is a nutcase
1: oh terry oh miles he just man if you if you want your eardrums broken go listen to a telecast from the charlotte hornets yeah because
0: their radio guy is uh Eccentric, just to say, oh, the least. just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. No matter what's going on, he's it's the best thing that's ever happened to the New Orleans organization. You know, what?
1: I love it, though. This guy enthusiasm yeah. and,
0: and that dog deserved it. By the way, that's the second time Miles Bridges has been a play of the week because remember, I, 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 one, I just yeah. recognized the name. It was the floater that he had against Phoenix where it bounced off the hoop, and he's like, eh, I'm like five feet above the rim. So I'll go get, just, get this one, just <laughs> yeah. Uh, my play of the week. Uh, it was actually, I saw it on, on TikTok of all places, but uh, it was supposed to be, there was a foul tip that ricocheted and got caught in the catcher's mask. I realized that was from like three years ago now. So it'll end up being Shohei Ohtani. He hit a 460 foot home run. And then in the next inning, he came out and threw a hundred miles an hour off the pitcher's mound. He is an anomaly. Yeah. He's a strange science experiment. And I love it.
1: Dang, you didn't want to put the uh, Mets guy taking the pitch and getting the win? Fuck that. <laughs> as the play of the week, oh, you want know to I already.
0: That? We already know what I think about s- baseball and how soft it is in general. That's fucking. Got oh hit my! Hit by a
1: pitch on a strike. Damn, that should have been my. I, I should have put that as play of the week to Oh pitch you off.
0: my god! That. Yeah, no. Our high heater chat blew up. as like, are we? Are we serious? We're. We're. we're this is professional that? baseball, right? We're playing professional baseball, and that's how we're gonna win games. The Mets won a—and, by the way, it was against the Marlins, so it's not even like they beat a good team. Yeah, the poor Marlins, man.
1: It's just, oh. <laughs> Duh, I just got Jimmy going at the end of our show. Yeah,
0: and now i got to figure out how I'm going to plug everything at the end of the show. God damn it. All right, that's the that's it. That's play of the week, and that's going to bring us to the end of episode 36 of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us, like I said, on our social medias at pod Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, because we started. We have a couple clips from golfing on TikTok, and then I post clips from our YouTube, um, which you can also subscribe to the far end of the bench. We post our clips there. And our highlight videos, we're going to have the Men's Rec League highlights coming out this weekend. The postseason plus the championship highlights that there, we filmed. There are some
1: heated moments in that, I'll tell you yeah. that. You'll want to check out those playoff highlights. It, it was
0: a good, it'll be a good video. And the last one, everybody seemed to enjoy. So we'll have another one of those coming out on our YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe there. Subscribe on your podcasting platform and leave a five-star rating. And you can say whatever you want in the review. But as long as there's a five-star rating, we will read... As long as it's appropriate, you're not telling us to spread some sort of hate message. We will read the review that comes with a five-star rating. So if you start giving us five-star ratings and leaving reviews, we'll read them on the podcast. Um, And that is basically the best way to keep up with everything. Three in the key is going to be coming back yeah, on the Unhinged Sports Network. Yeah, we're
1: working on getting that back possibly next week. Um, it's It's been a long We got to, Like I said, there's been a lot of the basketball playoff races heating up. Mm-hmm. Um, missed quite a bit with all that, but finally getting it back rolling. Can't wait for all that to come out. Two for chirping has been awesome. Yeah. Getting a lot of great minds over there. Not not only hearing the same people over and again, you get a little bit of taste of everything now with that too.
0: Yeah, like I said, we possibly have a belly up sports podcast. Uh, coming on this week for two for chirping you can catch the new episode of that friday at 6 p.m eastern and then now we actually have uh all of our network exclusive shows being uploaded into one feed and they'll all be uploaded after their final encore of their show on the network so for two for chirping that would be sunday night it would be available on all podcasting platforms uh three in the key i have the the message. Yeah, so you, go ahead and you, say you
1: can catch two for chirping, three in the key, cover six, unhinged F C so for all you guys that want your soccer content, you can go check that out. What else am I missing? Uh the
0: high, was, heater, oh, high uh, heater race day race day unhinged race, as
1: well. Yeah, race day unhinged and high heater as mm-hmm. well. So all mm-hmm. the um, major sports, major topics from the whole unhinged sports network, you can go check all those out because mm-hmm. Like I said, those have been going doing really well lately, and I know that helps bring listeners into our show and that helps yep. bring listeners to a bunch of the other shows. So if you like the minds on all those shows, go check out um, everyone else on there.
0: Yeah two for chirping will be Sunday night and the high heater will also be released there Sunday night. Three in the key will be Tuesdays is when they'll be released on demand and then Unhinged FC will be Wednesday afternoon, Race Day Unhinged is Sunday afternoon. So that's where you can start finding all of our exclusive shows. And we'll be sure to uh, continue to post about where you can get those. But I think that's it. So if you don't have anything else, I'll go let you get ready for basketball practice. And that's been episode 36 of The Far End of the Bench. 36
1: now, man. Things have been rolling, flying by. I tell
0: you yeah. that. We're two weeks away from uh, eight months. Yeah. Two shoot, weeks away from eight That months. is crazy. But for that, this has been episode 36. For myself, Jimmy Palato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Peace.
1: When the night is cold and lonely.
0: this is a dollar bell
1: Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pipes I made it a habit. Tolling them pistols and serving them edits. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the beat. Elephants the to me. I'm getting to it, feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get part like a sand. Part like a perk, I'm going here.
0: What's up, bench warmers of the Unhinged Sports Network? We got another thing to, to get to because you know nobody likes dealing with cable companies in 2020. And here at the Unhinged Sports Network, we wanted to cater to you guys to go into the new age, cut your cable cords with FUBO TV. We have a new link, a new partnership. You can go to the link in our bio. And if you sign up for a subscription through that link, you will kick back a little bit of money to the Unhand Sports Network so we can continue to bring great content all across this platform. And we got big things coming up in 2021. So you're going to have to to get in on this and we're helping you out in the process. Yeah, make
1: make your life easier, man. No one likes dealing with cable companies. You don't get half the channels. Um, Sometimes there's blackouts. That's not present with Fubo. You can get whatever you want. I can watch Sunday Night Football with no sweat. I can watch or I can watch basketball on TNT anytime I want. Um, be sure to use Fubo, man. I'm definitely going to be using it. I hate paying for cable, so I'm going to be using that right right now as we speak. if we're being honest, and I want to make sure to get on that deal so now
0: it's your turn to do the same. Help out the Unhinged Sports Network. Cut your cable cord. Come into the digital age. Thanks, guys.